We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 NFC win totals, team preview, and conference selections. You can find the cheat sheet up on DKNation.com. I want to let everyone out there to know to smash the like button to the video. In the comment section, give me your NFC championship matchup with a winner, maybe even a score as well, and subscribe to Mayo Media Network and subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. This kicks off 20 Five straight weeks of betting on football, fantasy football, daily fantasy football. It's going to be a trip. So you want to be on the Mayo Media Network watching all of the shows, but especially the Pat Mayo Experience. I do also want to let you know if you are betting on the NFL this year, you might want to head over to runthesims.com and check out the betting tools over there. You go to runthesims.com slash Mayo. You get a discount on those premium tools. If you sign up right now, you don't like it, cancel within seven days, you get your money back. I promise you that's not going to happen. No one has done it yet. So I think people are pretty satisfied with the tools. All right. Runthesims.com slash Mayo to go check that out. The newsletter is in the description as well. And you're probably going to want to join that free newsletter because we got some giveaways coming up care of Jeff Feinberg, who is on the line right now, who might be getting his own show on Mayo Media Network. Feinbolt. Is that what you've finished on? That's that's my working title, Pat. Yes. Feinbolt with your host, Jeffrey Feinbolt, Uh, (laughs) a dedicated Chargers uh, show. That could be whatever I want. I could even bring my friends on and they could talk about the lowest moments they've like ever seen me uh, driving me home after the Jets game where Sean Green ran for the touchdown that Tim will like to link me on a tweet sometime uh, or all, all sorts of things. I don't know. Whatever I want it to be. But um, yeah, looking forward to it. I'm excited to have this show back. I know the peoples are excited to have this show back. It's me, it's you, and people can watch you and I all year round on the Pat Mayo Experience Talking Golf. But when we're talking football, we need to introduce the third member of the team. And he's upgraded himself this year. The coin. There we go. Look at that fancy coin. Still doesn't watch the games, but he doesn't need to because he had pretty fire picks on the win total show last year. So we'll be flipping the new coin. So you can either have Mayo Media Network for tails, or you can have the Pat Mayo experience with this visage as heads. There's also the fourth member of the team. He's on the line. It's Tim Andacust. Tim Andacust. 
That's not my name. I hate that new coin too. Fire. Thinks he's so cool and elite and special. It's hate pretty coin. Pretty shiny. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you about that. Are you jealous of the coin? Because I went through the NFC over-unders that we selected last year, and I came in first place with a 10-5-1 record on the over-unders. I was the only person to correctly predict two of the division winners. Uh, the Giants actually pushed their over-under from DraftKings Sportsbook at six, so we all took a push on that one. And guess who I tied with, Tim? The coin! 10-5-1. Great. But I picked the NFC champion correctly. So, like, I win. You, but you didn't have any division winners, and you went 6-9-1 on your over-unders. Sure. But in the end, I picked the Super Bowl team winner, the conference winner. I was fine. So I'm feeling good. But despite by certain people in the show telling me that that Tampa team couldn't possibly win, that that whole setup it was so anathematic to a successful uh, season, they, they did it anyway. And then they won the Super Bowl. So, I, I, you know, I, I had... I'm on a bit of an NFC heater, you might say. Uh, I, I nailed the NFC correctly last year. Yeah, six to three games under 500. The only one of us to be under 500. Jeff, you were eight, seven, and one on your over-unders last year in the NFC. Uh, Tim was alluding to me there. I, and me. <laughs> I, I was, didn't see it. I was dead wrong. I did sort of save myself the whole time, the whole way, acknowledging that it all set as the season was unfolding, it set up for them to be that team that had that good team that had yet to play their best football and they peaked at the absolute right time. They what they won every game in December, then they swept the playoffs. And honestly, now as you sort of try to make your way through that NFC landscape, it's really hard to find a team that I want to pick to dethrone them. I'm not impressed, but we'll get to it. So we do have a giveaway for the people out there. Jeff, as everyone knows, has a bunch of Justin Herbert Prism rookie cards, and they're all worth a great deal. And Jeff has been kind enough to give one of them away to one of you. Not a Prism. Oh, it's not a Prism. What is it? A Panini? Uh, it's, a, it's a Don Ross Elite Series rookie auto, two of 49. Zero, How did you two not know of that? 49. How did you not know that? I know. No, I well, I don't want someone to, to, I'm not giving away a prism. I'm not giving away no prisms. Bait and switch. Anyway. Here's just lucky it's not a, it's a, not a Guy Ebert rookie card. <laughs> from Ebert. the Ducks? Yeah. <laughs> or a, Lu a Lucas Ebert for, from golf. If you want your Euro Tour golf cards, you're not getting that. You're going to get a Justin Herbert card. It's pretty valuable. So here's how you can actually get into this draw. Jeff is going to release this on Twitter as well. We will be giving away the winner on the NFC or the AFC, sorry, win total show once we start talking about the Chargers. So here are the three ways that you can get a ballot in. You do one of them, you get one ballot in the draw. You do all three of them, you get three ballots in the draw. But there's another way to unlock even more ballots if you you want them so here's what you do number one subscribe to mayo media network on youtube you do that you got a ballot that's cast in the draw you have a chance to win if you've already done it thank you for your support and you're already in this draw to win number two Subscribe, rate, and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. I will put that link firmly at the top of the description. Just click your button, scroll down, leave something nice about the show, Twitter handle, or email so I can contact you. That is another ballot in the draw. The third one is subscribe to the Mayo Media Newsletter. That's also in the description, completely free to join. And in that newsletter, I am going to include 
a few other ways that you can gain even more ballots. So, and there's always like promos and deals and giveaways in that too, along with some actual real analysis, not just a spam newsletter. We actually put content in there and secret shows in case you want that. So subscribe to the Mayo Media Newsletter right now. That's in the description. Leave that review. That's in the description. Just hit that sub button on YouTube. That's pretty easy to figure out, I think at least, and it takes less than two seconds. So those are the three ways that you can get your ballots for the Herbert card. Jeff, are you going to cry when you have to send it out? No, I don't think so. I, I'm happy. I, I, I made a deal and I, I came out on top. So it's going to go out to uh, to the people. I won't cry. I got I got a lot of them. It's like a box here. I mean, they're not all autographed, but I got like a box of them. So make sure that like your mom doesn't throw it out. Like what happened with a lot of people and their cards from like the valuable ones from the late 70s. Yeah, I don't think so. I or just Batman kind of, Forever mugs. <laughs> I just kind of tossed, put them in a box because there were some workmen in the house, and I thought that was very inconspicuous because I kind of had them out and about um, uh, in my basement. Was that? But, a, uh, was that? Yeah. Was that the first DC of the season, Tim? It was a DC. All right, let's get into it. NFC. Uh, that's awful. That's awful, Jeff. First DP. Uh, Doc Diet Pepsi Rookie of the Year Justin Herbert, right? So pro yeah, Diet you're Pepsi. passing the baton over to me, but we'll talk. What's going to happen if Zach Wilson wins this award? I will drink a Diet Pepsi live on the show. Just one? You'd have to fully adopt for all of next chug, year. I think I'll chug an entire can of Diet Pepsi on the show. That's what I'll do if he wins it. Offensive Rookie of the Year. You have my word sick deal you find out you have a franchise quarterback and you're willing to chug one can of soda vile soda we are eight minutes into the new season of the show we can't even get to the picks yet the show is going to be four hours long you realize that right no it's the nfc show i don't think it will be okay let's talk about the nfc east that's where we're starting we're starting with who you got tim the dallas <laughs> cowboys over under win total is nine for the season to make the playoffs minus 120, to win the division plus 150, to win the conference 16 to 1, to win the Super Bowl 35 to 1. We all got on the show last year and loved the under on the Dallas Cowboys, and Dak going down really set that in motion for us. So we're dealing with a few different things. Dak, at least so far in the preseason, hurt his shoulder. It seems like he's going to be fine for week one. And I mean, they're the hard knocks team this year. CeeDee Lamb had to leave camp because of COVID issues because he was a close contact. Amari Cooper is working himself back from an injury. But it appears like by week one, they're all going to be okay. It does... And, like, it's weird trying to adjust in my mind. Like, I keep looking at the windows, like, nine. Like, that seems pretty high for a team that, you know, wasn't very good last year, although they were minus their starting quarterback, obviously. But, Jeff, are you being thrown off with the 17-game win total yet? Always. Consistently. I'll, I'll continue to be thrown off that. I'm still thrown off by the name changes uh, in this division and, and even the location change of my own team that's going on five years. So, yeah, I'm thrown off by everything. It doesn't take much to throw me off. So, Tim, what do you got with the Cowboys? Do you think this is finally going to be the year that Dak and the super team break through? Quite the opposite. I really like the under on this team. Their schedule is a meat grinder. I mean, you look at their first month. Buccaneers, Chargers, Eagles, Panthers, Giants is easy, and then Patriots, and then Vikings. My goodness. They're like, they could easily be one in five, one in six out of the shoot, and Mike McCarthy could be looking for a new job. Uh, 
I don't like the way that this Cowboys team sets up. I think it's nine because you're paying the usual tax you have to pay to, to bet on the Dallas Cowboys because the whole world will want to like, they just get so much money because they're so popular, but this team still has a ton of problems. Their head coach is not a good coach. Mike McCarthy was never good. He remains not good. I don't know what I'm getting from Dak. Zeke is 70% at best of what he used to be. Uh, I, I just look at this team and the schedule, and I think not to win this bet, they have to go 10-7. and seven. That's the only way I win this bet. And I don't see 10 wins on that schedule personally. I don't think they're the best team or even the second best team in their division. So I am playing the under here. So we saw them in this explosive offense with Dak just put up the points at the beginning of last year, Jeff, but the defense couldn't do anything. They were giving up like 40 a game. Great for fantasy purposes. I'm not going to lie to you. All these lines are from DraftKings Sportsbook, by the way, if you want to go check those out right now. I don't really know where I want to come down on this. Like, I, this is the division I have the worst feel for by far because I don't know who's good and who's bad. Like, all four of these teams could be bad, couldn't they? Yeah. I think we would agree with that. And if you look at long range for a lot of the teams in this division, Pat, seeing how many games they're favored in when they're not playing a team in this division, um, it's alarming. It's alarming uh, in many ways. Dallas, I'm closer to feeling how Tim feels than, say, some other people. I'm hyper-concerned in some ways about the Dak Prescott injury situation but my bigger concern is probably um that that old reliable o-line that used to go to the bank for on this team doesn't really exist anymore and the defense unless those linebackers which i will acknowledge it's probably one of the deeper position groups maybe in the league maybe in the league uh they're gonna have to play three positions though those linebackers because there ain't nothing in front of them and there ain't nothing behind them um so I would say whoever the favorite was in this division, Pat, I would not want to bet uh, just automatically. I think I would think there is no value in it. And I'm, uh, you know, I don't, I don't feel 10 wins. I don't feel 10 wins. I think it's closer to seven, eight and, and maybe right on the push. So in terms of uh, the nine, I'll, I'll take the under. So Jeff under cast under the coin has selected to go with the over. And I'm thinking about tailing the coin here, Tim, because it's so good at picks. Unlike you. Well, then fine. Why don't you just sacrifice all your picks to the coin and just take who the coin takes? I might have to. That's, ten, how, you That's ten, how you feel. 11 and 5 and then 10, ten 5 and 1 in the NFC two years running. I mean, it's pretty good for the coin, although it's a new coin. It's an upgraded version. I don't know if that means it's better or it's just so high and mighty now, like you say, Tim, that it has to go backwards. And of course, it likes the Cowboys. It likes the glitz and the glamour. Of course it does. I just think Are that... Are we worried... I mean, when you look at this coaching staff, it, 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 it's not one that I'd say the, um, the data nerds will support, right? No, it's McCarthy, terrible. Mike Nolan. It's from a time of, of uh, I don't know. I'm not really here. I don't know that they have the coaching intangibles to overcome some of the issues that I think could be presented. The one bright spot is, you know, there's a spot, you know, this division. And they have a better road to the playoffs than a lot of, you know, teams who could, you know, especially in the West or a lot of teams in AFC divisions who have much harder climbs. So, you know, I don't know. Division is winnable 
but I'm not there, and I don't trust the coaching to overcome the concerns I have. Well, it's funny you mentioned the coaching because Dan Quinn's the new DC for the Cowboys. We've seen this a ton of times where like guys that? guys are excellent coordinators. They become a head coach, and the thing that they're known for, they really end up doing terrible at. Like, and maybe it was all personnel, and maybe it was you know the right time, the right place when Dan Quinn was the DC of the Seahawks, and they had a dominating defense and ended up winning a Super Bowl. That's how he got his job in Atlanta, and their defense was pretty piss poor to average every single year that he was their head coach. But it's a lot like we saw with your your mighty Jets, Tim, when Todd Bowles came in, couldn't really do anything on the defensive side. Then he goes back to Tampa, and all of a sudden he's a really good DC again. Can we see that from Dan Quinn? Maybe, but I doubt it. I don't think he, outside of the linebacking <laughs> core, I don't think he has the tools. I mean, that Tampa team was was so loaded with talent in a way that Dallas right. isn't. I no, have a a take on that, Pat. No. And I'll tell you why. Just based on what I have seen, what I have seen from the disciples of that Pete Carroll defense, I had one of them. They're not with it, man. They're bland. They're predictable. They don't change it up. Uh, they don't change it up. So um, no, there's not been success from the Legion of Boom coaching tree and at other levels or or extended success as the league has kind of changed a bit uh they've been left behind in my opinion so no i, I don't see a great uh renaissance for quinn coaching all right i'm gonna go with the under with you guys actually i was looking for excuses to go and tail the coin and go with the over but it just seems like dallas is gonna have to win their games which they're fully capable of doing if the offense clicks like 39-30 every single week. I just find that hard to trust, and I'll probably end up leaning with one of the better defenses in this division. And that's the team that we're going to get up to next, the Washington football team. Good defense for the Washington football team. At least some good defensive players. Their win total is 8.5. The Fitzmagic is their quarterback, which is... A substantial upgrade, theoretically, at quarterback from what they had last year. Plus 135 to make the playoffs. 2-1 to one to win the division. 22-1 to one to win the conference. 50-1 to one to win the Super Bowl this year. I, I just... Is it the glitz and glamour, Tim, that keeps them so much farther behind Dallas? And like when we think about like winning the Super Bowl, it's a very public yes. bet. That I, I actually think that Washington constructed properly, if Fitzmagic is like okay, they can run the ball effectively, not turn the ball over a front bunch. It's a big ask when you're dealing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But it feels like this defense could be enough to carry them. I feel exactly the same way. No. Uh, for one thing, I think the bet here is the plus 200 for the division rather than the playoffs. Like, let's be honest, no one in the NFC East is probably grabbing a wild card. The only path to the playoffs probably is the division. So I think it's more sensible to bet the plus 200 rather than the plus 135. Like you said, the skins or the football team is loaded on defense. They have perhaps the best pass rusher going right now. They have on the off, they have Fitzpatrick. They have Antonio Gibson. They have a team, I think, that is set up quite well. They have McLaurin, who really blossomed last season. I think top to bottom, this is the best team in the in the conference. They're definitely the best coached team in the conference. You saw it last year. In, the, in, the, in the conference or the division? Division, sorry. In the division. I'm sorry. In the division, Ron Rivera whipped that team into shape immediately. Uh, I love everything that the football team is doing. I think this team is completely under the radar. They are going to make the playoffs. They are going to win the division. I like them quite a bit here. I, I definitely like their over. I think the over-under is eight and a half. I think this is a 10 and 17. 
The coin also agrees with you on the over. Jeff, I can see all of the reasons Gus just stated, because that's sort of how I'm feeling too, as I kind of did in my preamble, the reasons why they can hit their over. But Ryan Fitzpatrick's their quarterback. Eventually this starts going wrong, doesn't it? Okay, well, that's a key factor here, Pat. I do want to say credit to Tim. I think that's a sharp observation in the division, just having at the 200 being the number instead of the to make the playoffs. Places have moved them to the favorite, though. Like, that's starting to happen. Uh, some books in Vegas. There's a lot of public support as we are getting close to the football season for the Redskins for every reason you and Tim have already alluded to. But every single time, football fans, tell me where I'm wrong. I love Fitzpatrick. Guy's a goddamn legend. But every time he's been like the week one starter, hasn't it gone belly up for him? Like every single time he was brought in to play week one, doesn't it always work like the other way for him? It didn't blow up until week 17 with us. He took us 10 and five into Buffalo to make the playoffs and then threw six interceptions at Orchard Park and we missed the playoffs at 10 and six. But was he signed to be your quarterback or was he like forced in there because of someone else? No, he was brought in the year that Sanchez was thrown out the door. Well, uh, yeah, that's the question mark. But, you know, maybe that big, if he could just rein in um, he the plays turnovers. Like he did last year. He just needs to play like yeah, he did. No, and we saw Miami. sort of how good he could be in terms of a win loss perspective for Miami, a team he that had outstanding had defense. Mess. He had to clean up messes every game he came into. He'd a be team that had outstanding defense, outstanding special teams. Uh, I, okay, rewind a year. I, I don't even want to rewind it, but. I have been very quiet. I haven't said a peep about week one. I fear it for my life, folks. I fear it. What a horrible draw to have to have spent every day since that schedule came out thinking about having to play that Redskin team. So I'd hate having to wake, uh, you know, if I was playing them week four, I'd hate the Monday waking up after week three. So the fact that I've had to think about this team all offseason, they scare the shit out of me. They can ruin. They can ruin dreams. They they could shatter certain dreams I have. They took t- Tampa to the wire in that playoff game. Yeah, no, that's like anytime you play Washington. I don't care if you're the Chiefs who will They're have to play out. Washington. You literally just want to plug your nose and win, like win ugly, just win because they're going to force you to probably have to play their style. Hopefully, you take an advantage of a Fitzpatrick situation. Um, you know, so I imagine their fantasy ownerships will be so low anytime anyone is playing them. You don't want to start that quarterback. You don't want to start that running back. Um, I'm on the bandwagon because they're not the favorite in a lot of places. And I certainly don't want to trust Dallas. And I have such a belief that that defense is the best thing in the division. So you're asking me to pick a winner of it. That defense mixed in with that fun sprinkle of playmakers. That's the pick for me, even if it's as popular as anything heading into two weeks into the season. Yeah, I'm going with the under on the eight and a half because it is the eight and a half. Like I can see them going eight and nine, and a lot of that hinges on Fitzpatrick. And even looking at their schedule, Timmy said, talk about teams that get like screwed because of like not rest and playing quick week turnover with their opponents. Washington's actually one of those teams this year that just has a major disadvantage when it comes to their scheduling and how often they play. And man, Fitzpatrick's 38. 
I just see how this goes so wrong for him. And the defense, they, they remind me a lot of the Bears from last year. That if something happens to them on defense, like they have a bad offensive line, they have Fitzpatrick, who may, I mean, he had Chan Gailey last year who designed an offense for him to excel. And every time that he's played with Chan Gailey, he's actually been quite good. Not so much the case right now. So I, I just see so much, I don't see a ton of upside with this team. Like I don't see them going 13 and 4. I think the no, more the more likely over is like nine wins or ten wins, but I can see them well below that too. If they sustain an injury or two on defense, they don't get good turnover luck, and that's gonna be tough to do with Fitzpatrick. That they can play themselves and be not bad. Like they will be awful to play, like Jeff mentioned, because if the front seven and even really just the front four stays intact they're just going to be able to sneak out a few games play a lot of close games they strike me as a team that's not going to win a lot of games but cover the spread like once they're like you know one and five or one and four or two and five something like that and start playing good teams they'll be like seven and a half point dogs and they'll just lose by five in a situation where they never really had a chance to win the other team just sits around runs the ball runs up the clock and the offense doesn't do anything that's how i see washington's season going so i am taking the under the coin is taking the over Jeff is taking the over. Cust is taking the over. So I got two unders so far, which leads us to the Giants. The Giants win total is seven on the number. Minus 130 to bet the over on that right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. However, we were using the DraftKings Sportsbook odds of DraftKings Sportsbook in New Jersey. So that's why I'm guessing that people are pounding the over on the New Jersey Giants to make the playoffs plus 225, to win the division 4-1, to one, to win the conference 40-1, to one, to win the Super Bowl 80-1. to one. This team feels like it's in shambles because we don't have, like, as we sit here in the preseason, Barkley's not practicing. What do we make of Daniel Jones? People are quitting the team because they hate Joe Judge so much. But weirdly, when you look back at it last year, they have like three, three wide receivers already on the sidelines, including their first round pick and big free agent signing in Tony and Galladay. But it seems like they have enough skill position players, but this could be clouded, Jeff, because I feel like they have guys that we know from fantasy and it really skews the perception of if they're actually good in real life or not. Yeah, this is a really intriguing team. Um, the vibe around them has been pretty nasty for a while, especially in this like bubble that I find myself living in sometimes on the internet or the part of the internet that if you're watching, we probably share in it. Um, like it's consistently negative, whether it's Gettleman content or, or as you mentioned, the guy's quitting, but I would say my memory serves me being pretty impressed with Joe Judge last year, whether it was the injuries or uh, that team overperformed, in my opinion, last year, um, even being as bad as they might have been. I don't have that much confidence in them, Pat. My question to you is almost you played two unders already. Would you blindly just bet both of these remaining teams to win the division and then thinking you're going to come out on top? Like, Take the two ugly ducklings in a group of four ugly ducklings? Potentially. I don't love locking up my money for the season on even like a four to one. If I don't have, like, if it's something that I have like a real lean on and I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a big bet on this and I'll cash it when it comes through. Like I'm far more prone to betting over or under if I really feel like I, I don't bet a ton of preseason or even season long props, win totals. I'll probably take four or five throughout the course of the preseason. I'll wait, I'll pick my number and then I'll hammer them because I don't like tying up all my money that way. And I don't want to do that for something like I'm just blind betting. I agree with your assessment if I'm going under, under, but only Washington hit their over in this division last year, and they still weren't even over 500. 
Uh, I, I'm like kind of right on would flirt right with this right with this number. I don't see them. Shucks, I want to say I don't see them being 500, but five. There's no such thing as 500 anymore. Um, I'm gonna take the under though. I'm gonna take the under seven. I don't see them getting to eight, and I am honestly predicting a push. All right, so we got the we got the coin here. We'll see what the coin says. Coin says heads. Coin likes the over. Coin's all overs in this division. Apparently, I mean, the coin is from the future, and the coin knows Tim. So it turns out like the NFC East is going to be the best division in football potentially. Evidently, yeah, because the coin knows everything. Uh, I'm gonna go under here. I don't think this is an eight-win team. It's funny because. I don't hate Daniel Jones the way some people do. I actually think he's got some skill. I think Barkley coming back is always is completely overrated. Uh, who knows what you're going to get out of Barkley? I mean, he's a running back. Like, how important is he really going to be to that team? It's not the way that McCaffrey is for the uh, for the Panthers, where everything needs to run through him. I mean, Barkley's important, but not as important. And he's still a running back. Uh, you know, the the receivers are meh, at best. Like, there's no star receiver on that team. The defense is bereft of star talent. And, you know, now that fans are going to be allowed back in Giant Stadium, they're going to let them have it when they start to play poorly. They were able to avoid that last year. Uh, I just don't see anything to get excited about, about the Giants. And therefore, I will play the under. See, I think that the under should be the popular lean here because the only real case that you can make is one, their secondary continues to be really good. They lost Zeitler, who was the only good member of their offensive line. Like they might have a bottom three offensive line in football, which doesn't really match up well when you have to play Washington twice a year, for example. I think that if you're going to tie yourself to the overs that you're unconvinced on Dallas, you're unconvinced on Washington and Philly, and you think that Daniel Jones actually makes a leap this year and is actually pretty good. And I don't know if I'm there with it yet, but he's been kind of thrown aside. I mean, we have five rookie quarterbacks now that everyone's talking about. There's no more buzz around Daniel Jones. He's kind of been written off as, ah, well, even if he's like, okay, he's like kind of mediocre and he could just be out of the league after next year. I don't know if I, I'm kind of with you. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I kind of want to lean. Could I pick an under for every team in this division? Could that work? You could, Pat, but then you've got to find a bunch of overs elsewhere, likely. I, I, mean, I mean, Pat. To be fair, this could be a long conversation, so I'll ask this quickly, and we'll exclude uh, Haskins. In the last three years, there have been nine quarterbacks drafted in the first round. You would rank Daniel Jones ahead of nine. Like the five this year, the three last year, or sorry, 10, there were four last years and Jordan Lowe, uh, Love didn't play. So where would you like rank Daniel Jones in terms of where you would want him in that group of 10 quarterbacks? I don't want you to rank them, but just in general. So you're right. He's totally forgotten in the young quarterback conversation. It's strange because... Like, maybe there could be, like, a Darnold second act. Maybe he gets a second chance. But I just kind of see him going the road of Trubisky, don't you? Who And Trubisky might be fine with a competent head coach. Yeah, I, I mean, there was regression. There was regression, certainly, because there was a lot of excitement around Daniel Jones in the offseason of, uh, after his rookie year. Clear regression last year. It's year three, though. That's the year. That's the money year, especially when you got a chance to start a good portion of your rookie year. Uh, you know, that's the year we're going to depend on. I'm picking the under. I don't, I don't, I don't feel it. I don't see it. I can't stand this team. I'll be honest. 
Uh, I went under as well. So I'm going to go under the seven. And that's what it is at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. So I am going to find an over in this division. I'm going to go over on the Philadelphia Eagles. Their win total right now on DraftKings Sportsbook is six and a half. And a lot of people are taking the over on this. It's juiced up to minus 150 already. So I don't love that I'm on the popular side of this. But at the same time, take the lowest win total in the division. And I just, it feels like the last two, and sorry, to make the playoffs, they're plus 275, five to one for the division, 50 to one to win the conference, 100 to one to win the Super Bowl. I don't know if they're a Super Bowl contender. I really do not think that they are. But this has been a team for the past two seasons, really, have been absolutely decimated by injuries, especially on their offensive line, which should be one of the strengths of this team, and it just hasn't been. The defense is still bad, but I'm really intrigued with Jalen Hurts and how this offense could look. Like, he could end up just bombing out. I've already called him low-rent Lamar for fantasy purposes and what he can bring to the table, but I just think that, like, a weird... Running quarterback, if they really do incorporate that into their offense, he takes a leap forward, at least with down the field throwing to keep people honest, that there could be a dimension to this offense that just catches a lot of teams off guard, especially in the division. And if he can put up enough points and they can continue to move the chains and somehow fix that sieve of a secondary, it's been bad, really, for two years now. And there's a new coaching staff in, maybe just a new mentality. Maybe they had just tuned Doug Peterson out when he was quoting. Remember he was tanking games last year, Tim, apparently? Well, he more or less did tank the last game and then was fired for it, essentially. So, yes. So I do remember that. I, I think but that didn't hook them up. Like they made a draft day trade and it, obviously their position helped them or that tra- like they made a big trade. Yeah, yeah no. he was relieved of his duties hours after that game. Anyway, I packed making all the points I wanted to make. I think he's right on all of it. I like the Eagles here quite a bit, even though I wouldn't pick them into the division. Plus 500 is very good value for a team in this terrible division. Uh, if you wanted to lay down a, a relatively reasonable uh, division winner. I think that one can hit. I like the receivers they've got. I'm a fan of Travis Fulgham. I'm a fan of, okay, fan okay, of st- stop, stop for a second. Fulgham might not even make this team. I think he is going to, and I'm a fan of his. I liked him back when he was at ODU. Uh, I like Devonta Smith. I like Arcega Whiteside. I actually think this receiving staff is underrated. Okay, as also, also, JJ Arcega Whiteside on the cut bubble right now, too. I think he will not be cut. I think he's good. I think the Eagles have more talent than people give him credit for, and I am a Jalen Hurts fan, uh, and I'm a, a believer in him. I think the Eagles hit this over, uh, and I feel very good about it. So it comes down to this, Jeff, is I'm banking on the health of this team, because you have to when you're playing over-unders like this. The offensive line stays healthy. I think they have a really good offensive line. Probably like a top... 15, maybe a top 10 if everyone ends up staying healthy. I think that their front four can get to the quarterback. If they stay healthy, they could have a top 15, top 10 unit on that side of the ball. So let's say their offensive line is 13th in football. Their defensive line is 11th in football. If Hertz is just competent and it's slightly above average, they're going to hit this over. I really think that. I'm going to play to the under. Uh, So I'll have three unders and one over. Um, in the division and I'm just blindly kind of taking them all except the team that I don't think that I think will win the division I don't know I don't I don't see it I think the team is a mess at a lot of at a lot of positions um, an interesting coaching hire that I don't think that we have discussed at all when they and hired I believe, him I had never heard of him and I'm a uh, well he was a Chargers offensive so I, I'm probably more familiar with him than most because Anyhow, what I want to say is 
don't worry, Philly. You're in great shape because the season's not just going to go bad. I think it's going to go so bad that between the pick, the extra pick you acquired um, at last year's draft and your own pick, you're going to have that capital, the front runner in the capital race to, to get whether um, if Aaron Rodgers can stay in the conference, maybe a trade or that Deshaun Watson trade they will have the they, they will have the most draft capital to make the sort of move that i believe they'll make um they'll probably have two top 10 picks top five maybe could be of their own so jeff is anti uh, jalen hurts I, I think he's wrong to say that I, i'm pro jalen hurts i think no i actually don't mind hurts i don't think they're going to win a ton of games but i don't think they're going to be sold there they're already having um watson rumors you think hurts going to be so good they're going to get rid of those i don't it would it yes. would it would really help their case if they did either want to trade up and draft a quarterback at like number one or number two or maybe they're just in this scenario Jalen Hurts is good so they wouldn't have that pick or he's just good enough that would probably add to the draft capital that they could trade because he's still on a rookie deal maybe another coach sees him like hey I can work with that although if a team has the number one pick they're probably taking the quarterback but if there's a team that yeah doesn't, well they have the Dolphin pick so they could have the first pick overall wow oh my god wait for the AFC show um. <laughs> So I'm over on the Eagles. The coin and Jeff are under. Tim is over. Let's make our division picks. I'm actually going to take Philly to win the division. That would be my bet if I was going to bet this at 5-1. to one. I think all these teams are just so close. Just give me the mo- longest odds possible. I'm going to take Washington. I think you make a good case for Philly. It'd be my runner-up. But I think Washington has more gifts up and down the roster and are the best coached. And so I will take them long as you're adding up those division winners by um, by just picking the winner and not the units that come with it, I'm going to take Washington here. Uh, they have the strengths, uh, the best strengths in the division um, in many ways for me. So I'm on Washington. I do get your, your point, though, and that has served you well. I think the team that's kind of been the forgotten entity in this division for the last couple of years, one of the bottom couple always seems to be there right into the very end um, for a chance to win it. That seems to happen every year. So I get like the gambling logic, but you're asking me to pick the winner. It's red uh, footballs. Yeah. Even without, like if you were like, we are just picking the straight winner of this. uh, I'm still going to take the Eagles in that format too. Just, I I'm not convinced by the other three teams. So why not them? I'm the most excited. I think, I mean, Dak is by far the best quarterback in this division, but uh, we talked about different question marks, especially with their defense and the health of a lot of these guys that if Hertz is just, you know, obviously not as good as Dak, but like way better than Fitzpatrick and Daniel Jones, which is most definitely in his range of outcomes, especially for this season. Or he can just take teams off guard and maybe he can be a human highlight reel enough to have sort of like that mini Lamar season when he went into year two and they were able to construct an offense around him. He didn't come in. Maybe he was just severely limited by what they had in Philly last year when he took over. And that's kind of all he could do and it was just a disjointed offense and maybe now they can hone in on what he does really well and just catch a lot of teams by surprise that's at least the gamble and the reasoning for the pick for me healthy snacks have a bad reputation let's be honest most don't taste very good they're horrible they don't fill you up and they certainly don't satisfy your cravings but this episode is sponsored by monk pack who makes snacks that taste like our favorite sugary treats but with one gram of sugar or less 
Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars contain one gram of sugar or less, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories. They're great for anyone living a keto lifestyle, and they're a perfect snack for anyone who just likes to eat good snacks and wants to cut back on sugar. That's me. If you've seen the video version of the Pat Mayo experience lately, you'll see a slim and trim Pat Mayo. Big thing was... Monk Pack sent me a whole bunch of these keto bars, and while I'm not doing a keto diet by any means, I do think that cutting back on sugar and actually having a snack that's not high in calories, that is low in sugar, that isn't horrible, and I actually do like to eat, I thoroughly enjoy it, because they come in delicious flavors like sea salt dark chocolate, caramel sea salt, peanut butter dark chocolate. They're really delicious. I cannot emphasize this enough. I was shocked. I got them in the mail. I opened the box, like, all right, here we go. Someone's an advertiser on the show. I'll give it a try now like they're almost all gone and my wife's been eating them too like we just really enjoy the monk pack keto nut and seed bars i'm obsessed with these bars and probably eat more than i should at this point so i probably need to scale that back because they're a bit too good right now but i highly suggest you go try it for yourself and you'll see and we have a special d deal for all of our listeners get 20 percent off your first purchase of any monk pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code mayo that's m-a-y-o for those of you who can't spell or read at checkout and Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. To get started, go to MonkPack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com and select any product on the site. Then enter code MAYO, M-A-Y-O, at checkout to save yourself 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, delicious nutritious food you can count on and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast let's go from the worst division potentially to most likely the best division in football maybe it's the afc north i don't know but the nfc west is pretty stacked right now and this is going to take a lot in order to figure out if there's going to be any unders, because I think you can make a pretty compelling case for all four of these teams. We know which team is going to be fourth right now in terms of sentiment, but that doesn't mean that they couldn't win the division as well. Have a lot of good players on that team. So we'll start with the Niners. So the Niners have Jimmy G. They draft Trey Lance. And now we have a 10 and a half win total for the Niners. Minus 200 to make the playoffs. Plus 180 to win the division. 6-1 to one to win the conference. 14-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. People are digging themselves some san francisco 49ers action already this season and here's what it boils down to tim do you believe in curses you know that i do not okay outside of their super bowl run year the niners have been decimated with injuries essentially nine of the past 10 years it feels like there's something going on there that they're not treating people right. Or they're just, you know, if they have, maybe it's because you pick them all the time and the Andrew curse is working on them. I don't know what's going on with that team, though. They just seem to su sustain just major injuries to key players every single year, mainly on their offensive and defensive lines. And it just makes them not great. Well, yes, but they drafted a Bosa. And the thing about the Bosas is they don't play. So it's not surprising when they don't play. Uh, last year was no surprise. Uh, but look, I'm on the over for San Francisco. I like this team. Last year, now, people who are who are new to the show will, will, may not know that 
the metric that I like to use a lot is DVOA to look at how good a team <laughs> is. But this Niners team that went six and 10 last year still were 11th in overall DVOA. And as you said, they were decimated with injuries. So I have every reason to believe. I mean, remember last year, San Francisco couldn't even play the last couple of their games at home, at home. They had to play them in Phoenix. So like everything went wrong for San Francisco, and yet they were still 11th in DVOA, which I think is an important stat. And I look at, they're bringing back Garoppolo, who, again, went to a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback two years ago. You have uh, the offensive and defensive lines coming back healthy. You have an excellent coach and designer in Shanahan. You have people back in the stands who are, I mean, San Francisco, some of the most fervent fans in all of the NFL. Everything added together makes me incredibly confident about what San Francisco is up to. And so I am going to take them on the over, even though I'm not going to take them to win the division. I'm going to take them on the over. And I say that this is an 11 and six uh, team. So the coin is also going over the 10 and a half with you. You left out a key piece there, a, a guy who might be like top three at his position in football, Tim, and he might be a pirate because you have to kizzle me timbers. <laughs> I don't think it needs to be said. Everybody knows that he is, either the best or probably second best tight end in football. What I loved about George Kittle is in last season, in the final game of the year, he had absolutely no reason to come back and play in week 17. And he still came back and he played exceptionally. The guy is a gamer and a baller. And I love George Kittle. And I like what this Niners team has. This team, like I said, overperformed last year, despite its injuries to go six and 10. And I expect them to be a steamroller this season too. The NFC West is stacked but the Niners are, are, are excellent too. So despite playing in probably the toughest division in football, Jeff, they have one of the easiest schedules in the league based on their opponent's season-long win totals. You can't read too much into that because, you know, we're going to be super wrong about a bunch of these teams that be like, oh, that team had it was projected for six and a half wins. And they went 13 and four. It's like, yeah, dead wrong on that. That really adjusted the strength of schedule a little bit for a lot of these teams. But it does feel like everyone is just on the over. San Francisco is going to be great. Tim laid it out. Shanahan at quarterback. It doesn't really matter because they have Shanahan the offensive line pretty good defensive line and all this defense really good what could go wrong so let's talk about what could go wrong for the Niners there's the injury stuff which just continues to plague them let's say that's fine one quarterback controversy Jimmy G continues to play like mediocre Jimmy G not super going to the Super Bowl Jimmy G and he's just okay he's not winning you any games maybe he's even losing you a game or two two Trey Lance isn't all that good. Creates division in the locker room. That could be potentially on the table as well. And then you still have to deal with the other teams in this division. Like, you know, it's not inconceivable that any one of these teams, if they're just slightly off and slightly not good, could go 0-6 against this division. I don't think that's going to happen to San Francisco, but that could be on the table if things start swinging the other way for them and they have a key injury or two. That is all very fair, uh, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, making these picks based on assuming injuries i think they're in fantastic shape and i think they can play jimmy and they can start jimmy and they can they'll win games in spite of jimmy and then come the midway point even with a great record they can make a switch and they'll become a completely different team that teams are going to have to prepare for entirely uh different so i am one of those people that kind of just do have this blind faith in this team in this organization at this moment in time, Pat, that defensive line, 
I spoke about the Cowboys linebacker core. What a unit. But this defensive line is probably the deepest and best unit in the entire National Football League as a position group. Uh, I don't know who's going to make this roster. I'm sure they're going to get to make trades before they have to make their final cuts because they got too many guys um, to keep. It is just outstanding, and the depth is outstanding, and they can overcome a lot. They really can. Uh, that's why I have such a belief in them. It, it does go to the depth that I believe exists on the team, depth and coaching, and I don't think they need to rush Trey Lance in there because I think they can win while he sort of absorbs it all, watching, and then at some point this year, even if the team's playing great, they're going to get him in there, and it's going to give him a whole new look, and they're going to be real dangerous. I I believe the um, the gallery here. I am going to go under. Only has just double-digit win totals. Like, if you go back the past 10 years and you would just blindly bet under on a lot of these win totals, you'd be, I, I believe it's around 67% the under hits on a double-digit win total. It's just a lot of games to win because it it factors in almost everything going right. And you forget that, you know, if a team is 10 and a half, that, you know, maybe they lose two games and they blow it out. It's like, well, that wasn't even close. They clinched that in November. And you forget about all the teams that finish up, you know, before they'd be eight and eight or or nine and seven and they just don't get there and you still consider them to be really relatively good teams or even if they go 10 and six but now it would have to be 10 and seven obviously but just keeping that in mind the double digit win totals thing is just really tough for me and i have to find under somewhere in this division and if things just go moderately wrong for them i think that they're not especially well-equipped to come back. Like you said, they have a very deep defensive line. That will keep them in games, a lot like Washington at the same time. But I, it's not like this offense has been awesome with Kyle Shanahan. I feel like he gets a lot of credit because he has cool schemes. He makes players that you don't normally consider to be, like, really good players to play above their heads. But it's not like they're just posting points on the board every single game. No, but every time he's had a competent quarterback, and, and Jimmy G based on the quarterback resumes of, um, you know, who Kyle Shanahan's had is on the significantly good quarterback side of the ledger. Anytime he doesn't have like a nut low QB, he seems to be outstanding. And I think they've got two quarterbacks that can avoid them from having nut low quarterback play, which means I expect uh, Kyle Shanahan to sort of play to uh, uh, and that team to be outstanding. I I I'm buying it. I'm buying it. So three overs for the three of you, one under on the 10 and a half for me. The Los Angeles Rams have one of the biggest one-sided juiced lines in all of the NFC. It's not the biggest, but it's one of them. 10 and a half is their win total. You have to lay minus 140 to bet the over. So you have to bet $140 to win 100 if you don't know how that works on this win total to make the playoffs. Minus 200, so you have to bet 200 to win 100 to the, on them to make the playoffs to win the division. Plus 190, plus 160 or six and a half to one to win the conference. 14 to one to win the Super Bowl. We went blind under on this last year. Remember, Jeff? And it did not work in our favor because it came down to the same argument that we had almost every single year with the Rams is they have no depth. If their key guys get hurt, they're absolutely screwed. But their key guys didn't get hurt. They were fine last year. And they're really good when all their starters are on the field. I would expect their secondary to be slightly worse. Like John Johnson's gone. Troy Hill, Troy Hill is gone. But it just it feels like they really overachieved last year and it didn't really show up in their record as much and like they ended up having a really good season but having Stafford over Goff I mean that that feels like it's a huge upgrade doesn't it 
Okay, there's no denying that's a huge upgrade. I, I, that is indisputably a fact that this team has a big upgrade at, at the position of hyper importance. That being said, the depth is thinner than it was a year ago. This team got decimated on the injury front, uh, on the free agency front, especially in the secondary. They got decimated in their coaching locker room from Staley to, I believe, their OC or passing game coordinator went to, to Seattle. So two very important pieces gone. Matt Stafford will be probably... Um, like he, how do I put this? One of the more interesting players to follow the entire season for many reasons. He's now on a team where we believe, you know, he's set up to be great and Detroit was holding him down. I think some of this is a little unfair. I, I agree Stafford's great. There's an upgrade there. But to think the guy didn't win a playoff game with, with Calvin Johnson and a really good defense that had Sue and a lot of really good pieces and a coach that Tim thinks is outstanding in Jim Caldwell. <laughs> so there were moments in his tenure where, where there was every opportunity to be great, to put the team on the shoulder. I remember a lot of three and outs in like clutch spots in those games. So I think he's kind of gotten a free pass for some of the label that he should wear. So we'll find out. We'll find out. But I'm going to, I got to double down on the under from last year, Pat. Because the, yes, they're improved at quarterback but they're thinner than ever. And the division is better than ever. And uh, let's go. Sour grapes, sour grapes, upset that the, once again, your team is overshadowed in your market by the other team. We'll be overshadowed until we're not overshadowed anymore. That's fine. That's fine. Like just so the people are aware, there is some bitterness and some rancor in this analysis. Hold on though. But I've been on the, this isn't like a thing. Like I've been on this, that this team, that, that unless they play by cap rules that no one else plays by, which could be part of the deal, when Kroenke spends five billion of his own money, and he, you know, NFL Studios and everything's been built over there as this new campus of life, that that uh, I got a basement apartment too. That's fine, and maybe they gave him an extra forty million on the cap because I don't know what goes on there, but that 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 they live, they're living a fine line, and. Uh, if it's not this year, it'll be next year. I'll play the under again. No, I'm joking. But 10 and a half, I, I'd so much rather go to the wall with the 49ers than these guys. Uh, for, for, so 10 and a half's a big number. Give me the under on a team. I said depth is one of the main reasons I really do like the 49ers. It's one of the main reasons I really don't like the Rams. So I'm going over on the Rams this year because, as Tim knows, I love Matt Stafford. One of my favorite quarterbacks maybe of all time. I don't know why. I just, for whatever reason, I just love Matt Stafford. He looks like Knight from the challenge, RIP Knight. But those two guys, you put them next to each other. They look exactly the same. So maybe that's where the affinity comes in. But the big thing for me is what Matt Stafford unlocks in this offense for Sean McVay. Like I was listening to the Flying Coach podcast that Sean McVay co-hosted in the offseason. Like a lot of the talk was just you know, how much they're going to pass. And what they can do with Stafford versus Goff is throw the ball down the field, which they have not been able to do at all 
under Sean McVay and under Jared Goff. 32nd in the league in deep passing rate for Jared Goff. Stafford's around like, you know, he's top 12 every single season in that number. So I don't really care. I mean, I care that they lost Cam Akers. I thought that was going to turn out to be really good for them, but they can piece it together with Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson, whoever. I don't think that their running back is going to be that important, but if they can utilize their systems good enough on offense, run the pre-snap motion, get these guys down the field, I just think they're going to be a force on offense. And as long as the defense can stay healthy enough, especially on the defensive line, like you can make up for a lot of problems in your secondary when teams you know have to pass and you have Aaron Donald on your team. So I'm going under on San Francisco. I'm going over on the Rams 10 and a half this year, Tim. Well, I mean, you know what I think about the Rams. And yes, it's well said that the Cam Akers news was tough because he was like going to be the central focus of my keeper team this year. But, but okay, why? And, so Andrew Curse right off the hop. And I do want to ask you this, like when it comes to win totals or even points on the spread, like, does a running back injury on any team affect the win total of a team? Honestly. Carolinas, it would. Okay. And that may be it. Tennessee, maybe? Yes, you're right. Tennessee. If, if Henry went out today, hit their win total would get knocked down like a win and a half. That just wouldn't. But we know from watching the spreads every single week that when a starting running back is out, Jeff, that the line doesn't really change at all. Maybe a no, half but point. It would. With those two teams, I think it would probably move like a point and a half. There's such, I would put Minnesota in there as well, but but to your overall point, Pat, I think we we're just acknowledging that like running back yeah, doesn't matter. A, you know, like the, it's a such an important fantasy position, and people. If so, if we found out that Henry or Cook got out for the year in camp, like people would just run to bet the under, thinking those offenses become one dimensional and the teams become. Bad, especially because, you know, people already hate the quarterback in Minnesota. Um, so I think that line would move pretty, pretty sharp. Mainly just they would react to people wanting to bet it and they'd take a game off of it, whatever. Um, Which, well, whatever they well, well I think that having a great running back is an absolute luxury and can definitely make an impact on your offense like it's great to have a great running back there's no doubt about that that's not what i'm saying but in terms of win totals like if minnesota lost dalvin cook yeah i guess i would like them less i don't think it would make me really reconsider their win total whatever it was at like i still think that their offense would be if they like as much like you said as much as people don't like Kirk cousins if they lost cousins and were using a backup like that's worth a bunch of wins rather than dalvin yeah, cook to madison I, I, but with the Panthers, if it was McCaffrey versus Darnold, don't you think it's more important to them? No, a, a, absolutely not. McCaffrey is an awesome player. He's an offensive force. But losing your starting quarterback is just so much more valuable. Not when it's, Dar not, not when it's Darnold. Even if it is Darnold. Not when it's him. In fact, uh, maybe it'll go up because of that. Oh, okay. I see where you're at with Darnold right now. Anyway, I mean, I don't know that this Rams team is quite like the 99 greatest show on turf oh my team because they don't quite have that type of talent at receiver, but this is an excellent offensive team. McFay is, of course, you know, just a, a, a tour de force coach. Stafford finally gets this grand opportunity on the big stage to show what he can with an offense. They've got fantastic players on the defensive side of the ball still. Uh, I love everything about this team. I, I just, I look at them and I go, man, just last year with injuries and with getting nothing out of Jared Goff, they still went into Seattle and won a playoff game. Man, I'm with you today for a bit. Like now you're putting Stafford around with a receiving team that's continuing to grow. 
And I mean, look at some of the stars that they have on defense, whether it be Aaron Donald, you name it. Like it's just, can you, can you name another? Sure. They have Gaines and they have, uh, they have Fuller. And so like they have some good players, but it's just about the offense. The Niners, or sorry, the, the Rams are going to win this division on the strength of trying to score 35 to 38 points a game. They're going to play the Kansas City Chiefs style of football, and I think that they could play it at that relative level. So I'm giving the, I'm picking the Rams to win the division, and just like last year, a team got to host the Super Bowl at home. It's going to happen again because the Rams are my NFC champion too. Oh wow! All right, I, get going out early on giving away who the champion is. I I'm. Wow. I was going to, I'm kind of caught off guard. They were not surprised a team that Tim loves makes that sort of move. I mean, Tim would have had them in the playoffs, winning a playoff game with golf. So, yeah. uh, and you know, Super Bowl, and that's how great this team was that they could yeah. get. Um, I do. I do agree. How do I put this? I do think, you know, they'll finally sort of maybe meet their maker in some ways. I'm totally acknowledging the fact that there's a ceiling there. If they stay healthy, if they come through, um, they can make that sort of ceiling happen. And coaching and intangibles for this team is off the charts. So I wouldn't be shocked if they're amazing. But at the same time, it's sort of like a PGA bet, Pat. Uh, people could maybe get annoyed. I'm making a golf analogy. Like in terms of winning the tournament, I can see that, but I can also see it like really not going that way. If that makes any sense, that's probably a stupid way to put it. Um, like I maybe not want to play them in a head to head, but I can maybe see them winning the whole thing. Like if it clicks, I wouldn't be shocked one bit kind of, I do believe they have that sort of win it all equity but I think uh, there's a fine line that this team continues to walk. And look, Jalen Ramsey can shut down the best receiver on any team. He's better than just about any receiver. So they have that going too, just everything. And the Rams got their bad luck out of the way. They had the, the acres injury. So I think it should be clear sailing. The rest oh of the God. Uh, that, that alone almost makes me want to take the under just that, oh, that, because all their it, injuries are over not, now. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I picked the NFC champion correctly last year. Oh wait. Yes, I did. Uh, are we going to have to hear about this for the next 20 years? Cause you get nothing I else right are, besides we this. Well, I mean, there were a few other things I hang my hat on, but this is one of the few things I have. As much I was dead wrong and you could all takes expose me and I own it. I'm wrong a lot. Ask my wife. I'm used to it. I do golf picks wrong a lot. It was also the most popular to win pick ever. It's not like you've made some outlier pick. Yeah, no, I certainly don't deserve any credit for picking. I didn't say you don't deserve any. Well, then stop trying to diminish my stop trying to diminish my success. I have so little to hang on to. Please let me have this. I'd rather you take credit for for Cuomo's disappearance than than the the box. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going over with Tim on the ten and a half. Jeff and the coin both have an under. Let's go to the Seahawks. Their win total is 10. It was nine and a half. Now it's 10 
for the year. Uh, the over is minus 120. The under is even money at the moment. So DraftKings Sports are being pretty generous, only taking a 20-cent rake here on either side. Uh, it's probably actually some of the best out there, shockingly enough. To make the playoffs, minus 130 to win the division, plus 275, 10 to 1 to win the conference, 20 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I'm just going to throw it out to you, Tim, because if there's one thing I've had a pattern of on this show for the past, I think, six years or seven years that we've done this show, is I pick Seattle to both go over and win the division every single year, and it's usually one of the best bets I make. I believe in Russell Wilson, and he overcomes horrible coaching and horrible defenses, and they just get to their over every single year. So, over on the Seattle Seahawks. So... I will lay my cards on the table that I would like to Seattle to be terrible. We have the first pick that's we have Seattle's first round pick again. So their, their misfortune is the jets fortune. So I have a vested interest in rooting against Seattle. You that did that being said, hold on. You did that last year. And how'd that work out? Well, they lost in the first round, and we did get a better pick than I thought I was going to get. You thought, you and know, you came on the show last year. You a top 10 pick. You, no, he said top five pick. That's how bad that the Seahawks are going to be. Your words guess, last once year. Once they made the playoffs, once they wrong. made the playoffs, you got the best pick you could get. Yeah. But you're completely, you're completely faking how you thought no, this was No, no, no. I, I own my mistakes. I was wrong about them. I thought they were going to be worse than they were. And so this is why this was the hardest pick for me to make on the whole NFC side of the, of the board, because 10 is a really good number and I can't put, pick a push and I've taken two overs and I really know I'm taking a big under on Arizona. So do I need to take another under here or not? I guess I will take an under, but just barely. I mean, I, I think it's actually going to finish at 10 wins and seven losses. I wouldn't bet it. I wouldn't touch it. Obviously, Russell Wilson continues to overcome all the obstacles. That will continue. I think Norton is a very good defensive coordinator. Uh, I, I have nothing negative to say about Seattle other than I question their, their, their health as well. They, that's, that's another team that seems to get bitten by the injury bug more than uh, than several others. Yes and, and no. Yeah, but you, but yet you are correct about that. Everywhere along the field, except for one spot, from a guy who's never missed a game. Yes, and so I mean Wilson is the reason that I would even hesitate. I think, and I said this last year. I say it again. If you took Wilson off this team, this team would collapse like a house of cards. But he is that good that that will not happen, and I'm not going to anticipate that that happens. So I guess I take a very slight under. Would not be surprised if it goes over. But I have no particular feel or belief in this team one way or another. Okay, so an under for the coin, an under for Tim, and over for me. Jeff is going to be my pick to win the division once again because they just find weird ways to win division somehow uh, because they have Russell. This is all just always a bet. Tim's right, on Russell Wilson. They just, you know, they'll lose Metcalf. They'll lose Lockett, and somehow the offense will still be fine. Maybe they'll you know, continue to let Russ cook a little bit more here in freestyle in this offense and very sneakily. The defense was, like, pretty good in the second half after being atrocious for the first half of the season. Atlanta was another team like that. So maybe it was fool's gold. Maybe they figured something out. I don't really know. They just re-signed Jamal Adams to a huge deal, too. It was, you know, was one, I was once told he was the best defensive player in football, but then he got traded from the Jets, and he wasn't any good anymore. So <laughs> that was someone on this show actually said that, I believe. Yeah, well, let's Seattle have him. And uh, I, I say good riddance. He was mean to the Jets on the way out. 
and uh, we're we're better off. We have we used one of his picks to go up and get one of the best offensive linemen draft in the last several years in uh, in in uh, AVT. So. And the recent best offensive lineman in recent years. This guy, this this, this guard is going to be fantastic. <laughs> the Jets are building a juggernaut on the left side of that offensive line for the future. This is a team. That's a team building for the future. Getting ready. I'm telling you that that this is a team that next year could could shock the world. It's a shame that New York hosted its Super Bowl a couple of years ago and will never get one again because I won't get that opportunity in a couple of years to see my team host a Super Bowl. Jeff, they keep winning one score games, the Seahawks. So if they they have like classic Chargers bad luck, and instead of going eight and three in one score games, they go three and eight in one score games, like they're gonna hit, smash this under. That's the one part that scares me. Obviously, a, an injury to Wilson absolutely submarines this, but I just have the faith. I have the faith in Russ. I think Russ is awesome. I think that historically he's going to end up being very underrated because people will not consider him because he'll. Like, has Wilson ever been considered, like, the best quarterback in the league outside of, like, the first five weeks last year? It's like, oh, my God, Russ has never had an MVP vote before. But just, like, year after year, the consistency that he puts up and the way that he finds ways to win these one-score games is pretty unmatched in football right now. Yeah, I'm to the over. I'm to the over here. Uh, I, I'm sort of like you. And Russell, I do, I do trust. They seem to overcome everything. I do, it's like sort of the opposite or the same as the Rams. Well, maybe worse so than the Rams. Like the floor on Seattle is probably a lot lower than the floor on the Rams um, in that respect. So I do acknowledge there is a floor here, but they never seem to even come close to it. They always seem to get it done um, with Russ, regardless of circumstance. So I am to the over here. This, like you, Pat, is a team I at least when having to talk about football in August, I can never seem to quit them. Maybe but, in season, I'll can bail on them, but in August, I always believe in them. Do in you? Russ. Yeah, you just believe in the infrastructure. You believe in Russ, and that's just all going to work out fine, and normally it does for them. I mean, and not- I think Metcalf like could be the... Uh, like like maybe the best receiver in the league. I know he's on a short list, but even like uh, most receiving yards, um, I know like Calvin Ridley's been steamed to the bottom, but I think Metcalf is just going to be unconscious. And that's not even a bold statement, but I'm all in. I'm all in at least in August. Uh, the coin is going under with Tim. We're both going over and Tim already tipped his hand on the Arizona Cardinals. Their win total is eight and a half heading into the season on DraftKingsSportsBook.com. They are plus 150 to make the playoffs, plus 650 to win the division, 22 to 1 to win the conference, and 45 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I don't know how I feel about this one because they were good when Kyler was healthy and they were bad after Kyler hurt his shoulder and stopped running. Like When Kyler is running, this offense is really good. Yet, all this talk about Kingsbury and the air raid offense and the innovation... They don't really run the air raid offense whatsoever. So maybe by bringing in AJ Green and drafting Rondell Moore, that's a move to actually try to accomplish that at an NFL level, pick up the pace. Like the offensive line is a bit improved. They should be okay. Uh, That should help out Kyler Murray. And maybe he doesn't have to run as much. Maybe they can establish some sort of a running game where every time that he turned around and handed the ball off, it was like a negative expected points play on like every single time he did it. Unless he was running the ball, the running game was absolute trash 
And I've been really disappointed with what I've seen from Kingsbury. I thought that he would come in, run this air raid, be aggressive, go down the field, and utilize some of these huge skill position players that they have, but he's a big fan of fucking kicking field goals from the one-yard line. Like, what's going on? I'm happy to go. Go. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but we are headed to year three here with Kingsbury, with Kyler, and I believe in Kyler Murray, so it's an easy yes to the eight and a half to the over um, in both respects. Year three, big year for both. I'm expecting, I, I'm much more confident in the jump from Kyler than I am in Kingsbury, Pat. I do think Arizona is very intriguing in the sense that um, I think the seat is hot on a lot of people there, GM and coach. But if they kind of perform from a fantasy perspective and make people happy, like from a national talk, you don't really hear that sort of um, stuff like that sort of hot seat stays away. But I think this is a team that has to show up. I'm concerned about some of the additions that they made great players, but I'm not really here for teams, you know, the AJ green, the JJ Watt sort of additions. Um, you maybe you can make the leadership case and I'm not saying they don't have anything left, but I, I don't know. I don't really understand that. Even the trades, they've done a lot of veteran additions, even through camp, um, which I'm kind of been questioning, but over eight and a half. I like that a lot. And if Tim wants to make a bet, I'd bet. It. So hold I mean, on. Jeff is reading my notes with these acquisitions that are just completely nothing burgers. Am I supposed to get excited about JJ Watt and AJ green in 2021? No, I'm not like, don't insult me and pretend like these are fantastic signings. They would have been four or five years ago. But now they're like, meh, whatever. I feel as long as J.J. Watt is healthy, which is a big ask, like he is still, he was still ultra effective last year as an edge rusher. Like he was getting into the backfield. And this defense, weirdly enough, had one of the highest pressure rates in the league, despite having, I mean, Chandler Jones missed most of last season. That like they've lost some guys on defense, obviously. But I think that Watt could still be good if he's healthy. Like I think that he is a far more important pickup to, to this defense than A.J. Green is to this offense. I'm not excited about this team. Well, I will concede because I think Murray is pretty good that they do have a high enough ceiling, not just to beat the over-under, but to exceed it comfortably. It, this is a numbers game too. I mean, I just can't have three teams with 12 or 13 wins. That just can't happen. And I don't think Seattle's going to miss their over-under by much. So this is just mathematics. I've got to take a, a solid under. And the team that I feel like is the least gifted is Arizona. I don't think Kingsbury's any good. That point was already well said. Uh, the running backs, oh, yeah, they can really establish the running game with James Conner and Chase Edmonds, neither of whom I have any confidence in. Uh, I like DeAndre Hopkins, of course. Everybody does. But I don't like Andy Isabella. I don't like Christian Kirk. I don't like A.J. Green. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan. I mean, though this was a top 10 defense last year. Defense is the hardest thing to convert year after year. I just find myself very cold with this team. So, you ever seen Roland Moore play? No, I think he played at Purdue, right? But I don't have much experience with him. I will say Did this. Did you know that many are calling him the good Moore from the draft? Elijah Moore has no, this, you don't have to take my opinion for it. No, no, he I just have to follow I have to follow all of the Jets Reddit A boards. Lot I of forgot people about are it. saying that Elijah Moore looks quite quite good. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, hold on. I just there's only six. I think this is a six win team. Not so much that it's got six win talent. Cause I don't think that's true, but just playing six games against the Niners, Seahawks and Rams. 
just will just somebody's got to go one and five in that carousel, and I, I think it'll be them. Well, put it, the, so put it this way: they, they, lost, they lost eight games last year, and they didn't lose a single game by more than eleven points. That's pretty good. Like when you see yes, teams like, like just a few you know turns of luck the other way, and all of a sudden they're ten and six last year. Yeah, season. but they also won one of those games on a hail mary. So like some of that's already luck in their favor. A little bit, but we had a guy who was ascending at quarterback, really breaking through, and then he got hurt, and they were pretty brutal down the stretch oh, coming yeah. in. No, no question about that. But I'm just saying, like, they're not. I can't have four double-digit win teams in this one division. It doesn't make any sense. Well, they, I would be they only need to, they only need to win nine games. They're eight and a half is the well, win total. What's the difference between nine and ten? One game. Like, no, gonna, one game is not, the difference. I'm not going to do a disservice to the fans by doing this. Uh, I got to pick an under, and I think that the, the the Arizona has to be the team. Well, you picked under on the Seahawks. Yeah, but I think that they could go ten and seven. I think they're going to go ten and seven and push, but I'm not going to pick a push. Uh, the coin is going under with you, Tim. Jeff, I'm going over with you. I just I believe in Kyler Murray, and I think that there's just good talent on this team if they can harness it. If the offense can harness the amount of talent that they had and really run an up pace style system, I actually think the defense is kind of sneaky good. I do agree. Some good young players on that defense as well, and. Interesting enough, they might have the most underrated home field advantage in all of football, Pat. Last 11 years, 62-36-2 at home. Wouldn't really acknowledge, like, think of them as a great home team. When they were great, sort of when they had their great teams and they made those, those deep runs, it was a rabid, you know, crowd. But not really think of a team that, like, can dominate their home field. And, and it seems like Arizona's quietly able to do that i'm i'm quite high on this team year, another year it seemed like hopkins and murray were just like on the fly last year i think they're going to be so freaking good this year together let's pick division winners then i'm taking seattle as my division winner as i pick every single year tim you said you're taking the Chargers. so jeff where does that leave you the niners the rams the rams so that was a little freudian slip from you there uh, what did i say the chargers oh yeah there we go you better not. You're getting, you're getting ahead of me. I mean, I you will better say not. Now, you're getting ahead of me. You, you mother. I mean, did the Chargers lose the Super Bowl? Because I think Super Bowl losing teams have some bad luck. But anyway, speaking of the division, I got. I'm wearing uh, 49ers. Should enjoy this moment, uh, Super Bowl 29. That's a memorable moment for them. Little, it's an homage. Uh, yes, Jeff. Super Bowl pick coming. Up, jumpsuit coming. Um, there. I, I, I'm going to pick Arizona, Pat. Whoa. Arizona to win the I division. thought you were going to pick San Francisco. I like them. I think it's going to be real close. I think like 11, 12, 13 wins for for each of those teams. Tim, you brought up Elijah Moore or somehow he came up. I just quickly need to say a few weeks ago, you were doing a show with Pat. And I don't know where, how you get the chutzpah to, to make reference to a guy's yardage stats in the SEC. <laughs> Um, at Old Miss that always sucked and was behind like four scores to to what his over under receiving yards would be in the NFL. Like that's insane, dude. Look, you know, Rumsfeld used to say you go to war with the army you have, not the army you want. I, I got the numbers that I have and the numbers I have are how he played at the University of Mississippi. So I'm using those as my baseline as a sort of a point of departure. And by the way, from what we can see in camp and preseason, I was right on the money about him. 
Elijah Moore is going to mm-hmm. be like Wes Welker 2.0, except like not make drops in a Super Bowl. So many Americans experienced financial hardship in the last year. Upstart can help you regain your footing and get things back on track. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment. Upstart knows that you're more than just a credit score and is expanding access to affordable credit. Unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income and your current employment to find you a smarter rate for your loan. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 and $50,000, and you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash mayo. That's upstart.com slash mayo. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash mayo. Let's go to the NFC South. The defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 12 is their win total, minus 700 to make the playoffs, minus 200 to win the division, plus 275 to win the conference, 6-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. And frankly, if things do not go right for some of these other teams in the NFC South, this could just be an absolute runaway because uh, those other three teams could be bad. The problem here is 12 wins is an awful lot of wins, and you, we might get into a situation where they just – know they're winning the division. They probably don't even care about home field advantage. They just want to make sure that they have everyone healthy for the playoffs, that this could be a cruise control type team. We even said they didn't win the division last year. New Orleans won the division last year. Now, New Orleans is likely going to be worse than they were a year ago, but they're running the entire crew back. They've all coming off a Super Bowl. People took pay cuts in order to stay to keep this unit together. I think that it's a very clear case of how you can get to the over pretty quickly. I just think that there's just a bit of a malaise and that they might not even have to get to 12 wins to win this division, Tim. And Malaise I think, forever. Yeah, they're the Jimmy Carter right now. Yeah, <laughs> They're going to win the division, but that might be the end of them after that. Uh, but I think that I, I like the under of 12. You have to win 13 games to hit the over. It's not like it's 11 and a half and 12 gets you there. It's 12 and a half. I'll take the under. I understand what you're saying. I would take, I am going to take the over, but not super confidently. I take it because I think that Carolina and Atlanta are not good. And so there's four games they should win comfortably. Oh my God, you're, uh, you're, you, hold on. You're off Atlanta for the first time in seven years? I'm off Atlanta more than I've ever been off Atlanta in my life. I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm forsaken. Uh, yeah, so I just think they have some, their schedule for being the defending champs is not that tough because they don't have to play a first place schedule. Uh, the, the schedule makers gave them a layup in week one against Dallas to start the year. Like everything possible sort of broke Tampa's way. I really, really, really like this. I mean, the Bucks underperformed a lot last season in games and they still managed to get into the playoffs and then win the Super Bowl. They could be a worse team this year and win more games. And I think maybe that's what's going to happen. Uh, I, I like them to go over 13 and four would be a good number. So that's what I would pick. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the Buccaneers and it's everybody else in this division, in my opinion. Me and the coin are going under, Jeff. You know, 11 and 6 probably gets it done to win this division, unless there's a sneaky team that can rise up here. And that feels like 
that's all. Brady is going to be good at managing himself and making sure he's peaking at the right time. Also, he's very old. That eventually this stops, doesn't it? Like, I don't think it's going to be like he was good and won the Super Bowl, then he sucks the next year. But eventually, we're going to see some dec- We have to see some decline. It can't work this way forever. I said that for 10 years. I've stopped saying that. Yeah, but you were I'm like, not, he's 32. Get- he's old. Like, he's 44. I'm not, I don't want to get into that discussion. Um, it's hard to find a peer for this team in the conference, to be perfectly honest. I could see it from both sides. They start slow or... They sort of know how they can pace themselves. It doesn't have to feel like this fever pitch, uh, you know, battle versus the Saints for home field, uh, you know, that may have existed in the past. I hate, I don't know, under, but just because it's a lot. But I think this team is kind of in a class of itself. If I felt like they had something to prove, I would happily smash the over. But sort of to, I kind of just lean with Pat and I'm wrong a lot, but I'm sort of playing that like home amateur psychologist saying this team will exactly know how to pace itself. Uh, maybe they sneak by this push feels probable, but they'll comfortably be where they want to be pro- without even having to clear it. So I'm going to say under. It does feel like unless one of these other teams are pressing them the entire way that like this really could be a situation where they win this division the first week of December. Or the second week of December, it's like, yeah, now we have nothing to play for. That kind of worries me a little bit. I guess, but of course, that number one seed is the only team that gets to buy now. So there is some significant value sure. in trying to grab that number one seed it's in a way point. that it didn't matter if you were first or second before. But I, I think you're right that they could have this thing wrapped up by Thanksgiving beyond and be on cruise control. Uh, and we'll talk about it. I mean, New Orleans maybe could give them a scare if some people... Uh, certain people pan out but i think you're right tampa is so much better than everybody else that be hard pressed to see them lose short of having terrible injury luck and i mean maybe that will come to pass the saints are up next the saints win total is nine right now to make the playoffs they're plus 110 to win the division they're three and a half to one to win the conference 16 to one to win the super bowl they're 30 to one and this is a team that i have seen discussed on the twitter machine as potentially one of the worst teams in football, Tim. And I think that you agree with this, but I think that there's a really overlooked part to this team. Yes, they lost Drew Brees, but Drew Brees has been like kind of bad for the past year and a half. I think that, I mean, as we are speaking, we don't know if Jameis or Taysom is starting. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Jameis. Yes, Michael Thomas is going to miss most of the year, but he missed most of the year last year too. And you know, Tim, your boy Traquan, we have Marquez Calloway. It seems like Troutman is actually going to be fine after he was carted off the field in the second week of the preseason game. Kamara is a legitimate difference maker because he's so involved in the passing game uh, and he can just be a very key part of this offense. And I think it boils down to this. This defense is still very good at all three levels. This is still an elite offensive line. And Tim, I believe in Sean Payton. I'm going to go over on the Saints. Yeah, so you're right to say that I was very critical of this New Orleans team earlier in the year. <laughs> and uh, I have to back off that oh, no. stance to some degree. Just to some degree. Uh, if for no other reason than I guess it was a good reminder to me that I mean, Jameis is still one of my favorite players in terms of his skill set and how exciting he is on the field. And I watched that game against uh, Jacksonville 
on Monday night between two guys who were taken first overall. And it was clear which one should have been Jameis and which one shouldn't have been. And the way the ball was thrown all around the law. I mean, Jacksonville's got a lot of problems, but Jameis looked in command. Callaway was jumping off my television screen into my living room. He was so exciting. So it does give one food for thought because if you believe as I do that Carolina and Atlanta are going to be terrible, then it's also not likely for three teams to be terrible and one team be awesome. Someone's got to be middling. So if, so if New Orleans is eight, nine, nine and eight, seven and 10, 10 and seven, like I guess those are all options. I'm still going to play to the under, but with very, not the sort of oomph and belief that I used to have in playing them to the under, I, I think, I could very well be wrong about them. They may be far more skilled than I gave them credit for. And if Jameis plays well, uh, particularly, I mean, Jameis, if Jameis is a starter, he could, he could be like a dark horse MVP. Remember I said, oh my God. Stop. I don't know whether because he's got weapons and a yeah, great coach. No, he, he, he has a, he has a great running back. I would rank this receiving core near the bottom of the league without Michael. Thomas. I disagree. I, I disagree with you on that. I think that like, just because you because power. you saw you saw a guy play a game in a preseason game against Jacksonville's backups. I was sold. Put it that way. So, but I actually don't think he's going to be the starter. I think Peyton is probably going to start Daysom Hill, and uh, that would be make me feel even better about the under pick that i've made but uh anyway that's where i am where are you at with this jeff i think that new orleans is one of the most fascinating teams in the league this year okay i bet Jameis to win mvp last year at like 140 to one hoping whether it was injury or drew Brees is i don't know there was some like controversy he was stuff stuck in and there are rumors he might just go to the booth anyway uh Obviously, Winston didn't play, and I ate that, but I've gotten an MVP bet this year before all the hype when it just Breeze retires. I'm a Jameis fanboy. I'm okay, dumb this enough This is why to... you scowled when I said this. What? This is why you scowled when I said he's a dark horse MVP candidate. Yeah, because I don't need any of your juju around players I like. Um, so, yeah, like most people, I'm intrigued. But not only do I believe in Sean Payton, I'm dumb enough to believe in Jameis Winston. So yeah. for me, it's an over. This guy has an MVP ceiling with an LVP floor. I am dumb enough to believe that somewhere along the way through the year of watching, observing, taking it in, we can hopefully hold on to some of those stealing abilities. Well, going from 30 interceptions to like 14, if possible. So I, I'm there on the over. I worry the salary cap hell they found themselves in. The defensive depth um, was diminished greatly, Pat. Still some stars everywhere, but the depth and the interchangeable abilities that they've had to overcome some of the injuries won't exist there because they, they had to jettison a lot of the defense to get out of the salary cap hell they found themselves in. So over. Uh Oh, over for Jeff and I on nine, under for Tim and Zacoin. The Atlanta Falcons, seven and a half. Tim has already said he's out on them, which is now making me try to potentially change my tune. But they're plus 190 to make the playoffs, nine to one to win the division, 35 to one to win the conference, 80 to one to win the Super Bowl. 
They were super healthy last year, although they played a really tough schedule. Probably, I think it was the hardest in the league. Tim, you're wrong. Tim, you love DVOA. Go look that up to see if they played the toughest schedule because, although I think that football outsiders paywalled their site, so you're definitely not paying for that because you don't know how to use your credit card on the <laughs> internet. So you'll never be able to look at DVOA again. But they did play the toughest schedule per DVOA a year ago, but I think they were the healthiest team in the league too. They lose Julio. Their defense in the second half of the season, much like Seattle's, was vastly improved over what we saw at the very beginning of the year they didn't add anyone they didn't get any better in fact they lost people they lose julio they bring in pits which maybe that can counterbalance everything i don't really care that mike davis is their running back it's not like this team was i mean i guess when they had freeman and coleman and they had kyle shanahan running the offense it was going pretty well in terms of efficiency with the running game and being able to go off play action from that but Arthur Smith has been efficient with the Tennessee offense. He's taking over this team now. I can see where there's optimism, but like their offensive line is bad. Their defensive line is bad. Their secondary is bad. Matt Ryan is pretty good, but he's not elite, especially at this point in his career. I'm going under seven and a half, Jeff. Tim, oh, you want to be the grand finale? Uh, that's fine. I said, I'm under. I don't believe enough has changed there. I do like the coaching hire, um, but but the arrow is still hard down for me. I've been, uh, even though I did pick under on the Bucks, I don't really see Atlanta taking games from them, and I could be bullish on the other teams. So I've got to find a true under, I believe, in somewhere in the division. For me, it falls on them. Too many question marks. I adore the Kyle Pitts draft pick, like a lot of people. I watched as the Calvin Ridley to be the league leader in receiving yards, Pat, essentially went from somewhere outside the top four or five to the favorite in many cases, as he has just been steamed and a darling for, for obvious reasons. So they're an exciting team. I, I look forward to watching them with the football, uh, but I, I'm not picking them to win football games. I don't think much enough has changed under. Timur, here one sec, because I know you're going under. And so is the coin. Is that the first round of unders? That usually means bet over on the Falcons. This is finally the year, their year now that you're off, right? Yes. I mean, I, I bear a grudge. I have been the biggest booster and defender of this Falcons team for years, and I'm tired of them breaking my heart. They lose Julio, which I think actually is a much bigger loss than people are, are giving it credit for. They bring in Arthur Smith. Well, Arthur Smith was a fantastic offensive coordinator when he could hand the ball to a Hall of Fame running back who could rip it, who could rip off 2,000-yard seasons and a quarterback who is perfectly fine with managing the game by dumping it off. That's not who Matt Ryan is, and that's not the offense that the Falcons run. And like Jeff said, like – the or you said sorry the offensive line the defensive line the secondary that's not very skilled i like kyle pitts i think pitts would be okay i got nothing against him but i it's too much work for pitts and ridley mike davis like i guess and like i said i've been a backer of this falcon seat they would play games sometimes like in prime time and lose and i'd be coming on this show talking about how i thought they were the better team and they got really unlucky yeah like like, like that, i have hold, hold on because you like to say it all the time when you were defending atlanta that you would point to one specific game i believe from thanksgiving day four years ago when they lost to the saints you're like they were the better team they should have won they lost by like 30 points they no, went they, to the red go ahead 
They went to the red zone like four or five times in that game and couldn't score. I remember the game so well. Yeah, they, they outplayed New Orleans and still lost. Again, so like, but this is the hill I've been willing to climb and die on for you. I'm done with the Falcons. I'm washing my hands of them. I'm now rooting against them. I almost lost my big money uh, pick em pool that I won two years ago because I kept picking the Falcons week after week after week and it was killing me. Because I, I can't get off them. I'm off them now. Goodbye, Atlanta. I'm done with you. Okay. Round of unders, including the coin. We'll go on to the Panthers. It seems like you are bullish on the Panthers, Jeff Feinberg. Their over-under is 7.5, plus 210 to make the playoffs. 9-1 to one for the division. 35-1 to one to win the conference. 90-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. As you know, I already have a bet on Sam Darnold to win MVP, because now that he's on Andercursed, he might be reverse-cursed. And this could be a great situation that you take Sam Darnold, who Tim has propped up for years. He sucked. He saw ghosts. He had Adam Gase. So you take him away from Gase, that has to be a positive. Now you put him with Tim's most hated coach, O'Doyle rules and like well, we might be in for a pretty good situation right now. So I, I'm curious to, of why you're so bullish on this over of seven and a half. Uh, I'm definitely bullish on the over of seven and a half. I'm bullish on the short term and the long term of the Carolina Panthers. Pat, uh, they'll get McCaffrey back healthy. There's an abundance of receiver depth there. Uh, the guys that we're all obviously excited about at the top. I am one of those minions who are really buying into the Terrence Marshall hype and believe he will be a playmaker at the next level. I truly believe Matt Rule is a fabulous coach. This isn't a bit for the show. I was excited for the Jets when he was their coach for, for, for 12 hours. Uh, I believe he, he, he will figure this out. He, um, yeah, and the, sorry, the young defense. There is a defense there that is so young and, in my opinion, on the cusp of being fantastic at all the levels. Brown, Chin. We saw late in the year this defense really start to come alive uh, throughout those later stages. I think this is a team on the up and up. And in the NFL, it's likely you peak. uh, In the NFL, you can sort of be bullish in the sense that the team might peak earlier than you think uh, in sort of like the – I'm not picking them to win the Super Bowl or anything, but to really take a jump in the rule era. And I think the change of scenery with this receiving core, with such a dynamic offensive head coach in Matt Rule, is going to work out. And everywhere Matt Rule has been, guys, be it um, be it Temple, be it Baylor, uh, that year, to, like huge jumps in the second year. I see no difference. I like so many things. Uh, that are involved in this Carolina team. They will clear the seven and a half. I'm with you. I'm going over on the Panthers seven and a half as well. The big drawback here is how bad this offensive line is. And I mean, the defense hasn't been great for basically years now, but it feels like the secondary is getting better. You brought up chin. Uh, I was a guy that drafted in the first round. Uh, J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn. Yeah, they, well, took, I actually like- they, they took J.C. Horn instead of upgrading themselves at the offensive line, which I I mean, if they're good enough talent evaluators, uh, I mean, that has to make their secondary better, which was a pretty bad part because their front seven is actually kind of good. They can get to the quarterback. That's not really been that big. It wasn't that big of a problem for them last year. Like, it was surprising how good their front seven was compared to what we, the expectations of what they were going on the year. Whether they can sustain that, I don't know. I'm going to expect them, let's say, to be a above average pass rush type of team. If that secondary improves, Chin gets a little bit better in year two. JC Horn's good right away. Now, now we're working. We're cooking with gas here that Darrell could just hold up. 
up under this offensive line. Someone once told me that they call him Sammy Scramble, so maybe he doesn't even need an offensive line, Tim. I spent three years watching him get killed because the Jets couldn't block for him. And now you're telling me that he's being put into a situation with a dynamic coach that led his team to five wins last year and is going to put him in a situation where the team can't block for him again. I mean, he's not being set up for success. Look, I hope he does really well. I hope that he takes advantage of having DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey. And that I hope he has a great year. I, I, I hold him no ill will. He didn't quit on this team. We quit on him and we didn't surround him with the skill and the protection we need, but the Panthers did not need a cornerback as good as JC Horn is. They needed to protect him and the offense. Uh, they needed to protect uh, and block for McCaffrey better. They, they made a short sighted decision. I think rule is over his head. He certainly wasn't commanding anything last year other than, uh, you know, the, the podium at the end of losses, which I guess he had a lot of experience with. Uh, I, I just look at this team and I go, well, like I don't find anything too special. I hope for their sake, they play well. I, I'd be delighted if Sam made the playoffs, if he made your, your MVP vote uh, spicy enough that it had some juice. I, I, I hope all the best for him. And I like a lot of the players on this team, but I just think that they have holes I don't like their blocking. I don't like their coaching. And so I just don't think they're all that. I mean, to, to, to have them hit the over, you're asking that team to win three more games than they won last year. And that's not a small jump for, to ask a team to win three extra games. And I mean, listen, as much as I think Sam is good, I also really like Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think Sam is really a jump from Teddy B. I'm a big fan of Teddy B. Uh, I heard so, that Sa- I heard that Sam Darnold was one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Your words. I don't think I ever said all time. In fact, I don't think you'll ever find any clip of me saying one of the best of all time. That definitely saw him as a Super Bowl winning quarterback, though. Well, yeah, I kept calling him Super Bowl Sam. I wasn't doing that as a fashion statement. Uh, so? I, I thought he could win one, but that didn't mean that I was do that. He, I'm saying he's one of the best of all time. But apparently, he's as good as Teddy Bridgewater. I think, but see, that's not a, a slight because I really, really like Teddy Bridgewater, and I like Sam. And I said I hope he does well, but I don't think so. I don't think that Tepper has the team together he needs. I think he whiffed on the coaching staff, and I think he's still in search of uh, of his future. So. So, my so, Jeff, I, here's one of the reasons why I think that they can get away with a bit of a weaker offensive line. Because none of us really know how to properly evaluate offensive lines. We say, oh, no, it was... I played offensive line. Oh, shut up. Don't, top- don't even fucking talk about this again. You, okay. you, you played Pop Warner offensive line for one year. Congratulations. Next, when, what, when you were 13? I was 14. Yeah, but you get very good evaluator of offensive line talent, I'm sure. So that's it's a position on the field that all of us on the interwebs and all of us who you know, aren't actual coaches in the NFL, not the best at evaluating if they're going to be great, whether they're going to be bad. People just don't know what they're looking for for it. So, I mean, some people do. None of us know anything about that. But what I can tell you is that in this Joe Brady offense, they run a bunch of motion pre-snap. They do things to help out their quarterback, to alleviate pressure and create mix... Uh, to create misdirection to in order to buy time for a weaker offensive line. And with Terrace Marshall there now as well, like they were using Curtis Samuel with these gadget plays. 
And with McCaffrey back, like you could just split out McCaffrey wide all of a sudden. Now you're four wide. Now you can play the spread. All this stuff can help Sam Darnold that he didn't have with the just horrendous coaching staff that he had in New York. I have no idea if he's good. He's probably bad. But I think this is one of the best chance, Jeff, that he gets to like showcase what you've seen in him all these years. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And even all those fun things they could do with Chubba Hubbard uh, in the back. A lot of motion, move that pocket sideways. Uh, give him that opportunity to make plays. Turn that I pocket believe... sideways and stick it straight up. You candy ass. <laughs> I believe he can do it. I I believe he can do it. I'm going to hold to my bullish stance on the Carolina Panthers. And there is probably not a more anticipated segment on uh, of the year than the week one where we preview Jets Panthers, Pat, and week two, where we have to break down Jets Panthers because whether if Darnold's great or Wilson's great or they're both horrible, whatever outcome is going to be amazing for us to talk about. Let's pick winners. I believe we're all taking Tampa to win the division. Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That works for me. NFC North. Let's start with the Green Bay Packers. Win total is 10. This is the most juiced over in the NFC. It's up to minus 150. I'm guessing uh, a lot of people were betting over when they didn't know if Rodgers was coming back or not. And they're like, ooh, uh, now we have to adjust this line a little bit. Uh, minus 280 to make the playoffs. Minus 160 to win the division. 6-1 to one to win the conference. 13-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Last season with Rodgers, he's the reigning MVP. I don't know what I make of this team in so much as that I just have not a ton of belief in the other teams. Like Chicago could be good. Minnesota could be good. Lions probably not going to be good. Although their overwind total is super juiced as well, which I just, maybe just because it's so low. That's kind of the point of this. But I mean, Rodgers is what? He's good for what? 11, 11 wins every single year, essentially in a 16 game season that if it's going to be a 17 game season, and he's healthy. Just I'm going to take the blind over on the Packers 10, Tim. Yeah, I mean, my stance this year is that Green Bay is on the decline and Minnesota's on the upswing in this division. And so, as such, I'll be taking the under. I, I actually think what Rodgers did to this team in the offseason did nothing but bad things to this team. I think it caused turmoil. It caused some chaos. I, I don't think that team has gelled. I don't like the direction the team is going in. I think they are like two years away from having to blow everything up. Um, I'm not confident in green Bay whatsoever. And you, you know, Rogers health is also something you can't count on. He's missed large swatches of games several times in his career. So I'm going to play the under on green Bay. I'm not super confident in them. The coin has now taken, I only look at these notes. I guess the, the NFC West, NFC South, under one, two, three, four, five, six, eight consecutive unders on these teams that we've just picked in a row. So under, they took under on everyone in the NFC South, starting in the NFC North, Jeff. The coin is going under on the Green Bay Packers 10. That just seems low to me. Well, I'll make a comparison in a second, but it's it's interesting. The N- the coin hates the NFC more than Tim and I when we were talking uh, <laughs> before the show. I didn't know that was possible. Just blindly, Pat, the fact that the Seattles, the Seattles, the Seattles are 10 in that division and we bet them to the over simply just because of Russell Wilson and the Packers are 10 in this division, I feel like I kind of just have to ride that. The interesting thing also is we spoke about how last year 
at least Pat and I were 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 um, banking on on some regression finally catching up to the Rams. Uh, you know, pre pre Stafford, and they overcame it. They they really did. They stayed healthy and they were really good again, and they made the playoffs. I don't think there was a team most of us were expecting to regress more last year than the Packers. Not I. I went back and looked at the numbers. I was the only one with the over on the Packers last year. Yeah. I, so they're, I mean, they're that weird outlier team that just outperforms expectation because they have Rodgers. Yeah, because I believe the year before, like we like we, we felt we so many things that had to come back. Took a bath and they really the didn't. They were outstanding in so many ways. Uh they were like the best first down team in the league, which essentially made them the best third down team in the league. Aaron Rodgers never threw interceptions. I can't take an under 10 with 17 games with Aaron Rodgers. I can't do it. I, I, I can't do it. Uh, I do question if some of the things that have gone on there and, and maybe the chemistry, but I don't really care. I mean, just based on Matt LaFleur's record through two years and having Aaron Rodgers that division, I've got to play this over. So, yeah, if I played it on Seattle because of Wilson, playing it on on the Packers here with uh, with Buddy. So, yeah, with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, double over for us on the 10 of the Green Bay Packers. Double under for Tim in the coin. Tim in the coin siding. A lot of the time here, just with any under, you're on the same side as the coin. The Vikings are up next. Tim has already stated that he loves this team. Nine is the over-under. And the reason that I brought up the Kirk Cousins things earlier and so the nine is their over under plus 115 to make the playoffs, two and a half to one to win the division, 22 to one to win the conference, 50 to one to win the Super Bowl. Is there a chance, Jeff, that Kirk Cousins just arbitrarily misses games this season? I don't know. Like, is that on the table? The answer is yes. We haven't talked about this at all because I don't want to turn this yeah, into a vaccine show, but like that, yeah. that that's a real, we've already seen people miss parts of training camp and we're going to see this yeah. happen within the court. It's going to happen to someone. And maybe it's just because he's been like, it'd be like him or Cole Beasley would end up being like the most boisterous people that you would associate with this. And maybe that's why my mind is going to him. It could happen to someone I'm not even thinking about right now, but that's a really tricky part of this season because of you know, what the COVID rules are from both the NFL and the NFLPA. Yes, it's my biggest concern with the Vikings is that Kirk Cousins' insane anti-vax nonsense could prevent, I mean, not just, it's not just bad because it hurt the Vikings, it's bad because he could hurt other people, infect other people. Like, the whole thing is terrible. Kirk Cousins doesn't know what he's talking about, and it's disastrous. But, so that is my primary concern. I could totally see him missing games or other people on his team missing games. But, I have to, when I look at the team as a collective whole, not trying to predict what's going to happen on that front, I see a defense that was way underperforming last season with a head coach that I know can coach defense and I know will have been hot to trot to get that defense fixed after the performance they put on last season. So they think they were 18th in defense and DVOA with their talent. That defense should come up. Uh, I, I like the offensive pieces they have, obviously, with Dalvin Cook. Uh, who, who doesn't love Justin Jefferson, who doesn't love Adam Thielen. Uh, like the Vikings are just very well suited and situated for this season. And I think you either have to go Green Bay or Minnesota. You have to pick a side. And more often than not, I've been on Green Bay side and against Minnesota. But, you know, <laughs> you're where I'm making some reversals of fortune. I'm going to go with Minnesota in, in this division. So the over for you, Jeff, where are you leaning with the Vikings? 
Yeah, so I agree with a lot of what Tim said. I think it could be a um, a bit of a nice bounce back season for the Vikings in a lot of regard. They had a lot of COVID dropouts last year. I as well, I don't know. I'm not going to sort of get into the unknown. It's a bit of a concerning situation. I myself am thankful that the quarterback on my favorite team is a um, Dean's List biology major. So he understands how this stuff sort of works. Um, so that's a positive. And the Vikings, yeah, I like them. I like them totally for a bounce back. Zimmer, I understand his concern with a vaccine. He has a child slash girlfriend at home that he has to keep safe. And that being said, I do like the Vikings to 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 the over. I, I'm not I don't like much else in this division. So I'm gonna I do like these two teams at, at the top um here. I just a big bounce back. I'm a believer in Zimmer. In most ways, do you, Although, but do you think this could be a season where like he's been there a while now, and th- there was one year with Zimmer where we just bet the Vikings every single week and they covered the spread every single week, and it was glorious, and no one caught up to it. But now has he been there so long that and this happens that they've just kind of tuned him out? Yeah, I I do believe I've read cases of people believing that the floor is coming for Minnesota or a true floor exists for such a stable team in the Zimmer era. Um, like maybe people even want to put credence to him being the first coach fired. Uh, you know, he's definitely on a hot seat in, in some regards. I do acknowledge a floor exists there, but I, I, you know, I don't know. It's not like I'm picking them to win the division, but I am going to pick them to clear this number. I'm going to side with the coin and go with under on the Vikings. Uh, it feels like nine is a really good number for them, like nine and eight, eight and nine, somewhere around there, a team that will be good, but like they couldn't generate any pressure at all last year. And like Hunter was out and maybe that will really end up changing things and how this defense looks and the amount of pressure that they can generate. But I'm still really dubious of this offensive line. It's not like Kirk is a super mobile guy. And just the fact that Tim is on both Kirk Cousins and Anthony Barr, two of his most hated players in football. I just, I'm going to swing the other way with this one. No comment, huh? What am I supposed to say? I mean, I don't like Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr, you know, just said he was going to come to the Jets and then... He turned tail and went to the other team. Well, fine, have him. I don't want. I never wanted him anyway. You said he was I a top. You said he was a top five linebacker in football. I, the I moment don't know he what I the said. Jets. I whatever I said, I would have said out of excitement, and I retract what I would have said about him uh, because he's not that good. And yeah, did I want Kirk Cousins on the Jets? Yeah, for a minute or so, but then I came to my senses, and I'm glad we don't have him. Like twelve but, months. But will he be fine in Minnesota this season? I, I think the Vikings will improve. So. Uh, Yeah, those are my positions. Against the Falcons, I'm for the Vikings. I feel like I'm upside down. So you said on March 11th in 2019 uh, about the Anthony Barr signing. Solid. Keep spending. We need quality contributors such as Barr. And then we have some more. That's a pretty tepid reaction from me from a Jets free agent signing. Ah, Here we are, March 12th. Meanwhile, the Jets are quietly building a really good roster and have a ton of cap space to to spend. He is a game changer. Yeah, nothing. So nothing there is to go with top five and like that. Again, people know how I usually react to Jets signings. That seems downright calm. Uh, Let's see. A lot of these teams get maxed out, but 
Oh, no, that wasn't that one. That was just you about wanting five primetime games for the Jets and people commenting, why wouldn't you want to see Anthony Barr five times? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, why wouldn't you want the quarterback who's on the NFL Twitter's back, uh, you know, uh, sort of like uh, whatever that's called, background? The, why, why would anyone want the team from that to be on primetime a bunch? No, not a marquee franchise, though. No one cares about them. Just the NFL puts uh, that guy in the spotlight, but... Uh, Oh, no, no one watches that team in the biggest city. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah no one no one cares about it. The Jets are horrible. Like, they're like the worst yeah. team in the league. Just, well, maybe they will be this year, but uh, they've got to... But yeah, well, let's throw them into every primetime game so they can get wiped out on national TV. That's what the people want to see, I'm sure. Well, that's what you think. I mean, that's what's happening. That's why they're not getting... Do they have well, a primetime game this year? They do. They have a couple. And they have that London game. Oh, well. Your favorite game of the year. Yeah, they're going to play the Falcons and kill them. Okay. Bears are up next. Five and a half is the over-under. I think this really seven, all... Seven and, and a half. half. Yeah, seven and a half. I'm sorry. Uh, plus 210 to make the playoffs. Plus 550 to win the division. 35 to one to win the conference. Super Bowl 65 to one. I mean, how, how long until Fields plays? I guess is the question. If Fields plays, I think they could hit this over. Yeah. I got the under. I get the I get, under two because I don't think that Fields is going to play in time. I think Fields starts by week two. Which week? Week two. I doubt it. Like Dalton is going to already announced he's not starting week one. Yeah, and do you know who the do you know who the Bears are playing in week one? They're playing the Rams on Sunday Night Football. So yeah. I don't think they're going to. They're, they're not. Gonna... They don't want Field to be embarrassed and like get get pummeled by Aaron Donald. In week one, Dalton will look horrible. Fields probably comes in in the fourth quarter in that game when they're down by 30 points. And then he's the starter. Okay, if they do want to start Fields early, like that's a total, I get, that makes sense. And I would give them a little 3D chess like credit for allowing Fields to just watch that game. But I don't believe that's the case there. Matt Nagy thinks he has a good team. Matt Nagy thinks he's got an Alex Smith, uh, Patrick Mahomes scenario. Like that's the coach you're dealing with. This is a coach last year, Pat, who handed over the play calling. The team had some really good success. Uh, Trubisky put together a nice stretch of games uh, when he Nagy wasn't calling plays. And this offseason, he decided he wants to call the plays again. So I don't, I don't think the proper thinking is going on there, to be honest. And I'm not one of these people who just wants to constantly pile on the Bears or Nagy. There are enough people that do it. I've never said a word about it but we're doing a season preview show breaking down those teams. And that's my take on the bears. I, I think it's all fields centric. If you think that fields is going to play, I think that he is very good. And I think that teams are going to regret passing on him, Denver, especially, and that they will end up hitting this over because their front seven is really good. And it only makes sense to put fields in the game because of his mobility, Tim, because his offensive line sucks. Uh, and Dalton is just going to be a sieve back there. Like, and Dalton's, Listen, I would like to have Andy Dalton as a backup quarterback. I think he's fine, even at this point of his career, to be a backup. But like I said, week one, Dalton, throw him to the slaughter and then bring in fields and watch your team be pretty good. And there's wins in this division, I think. Yeah, they play the Browns in week two, so I don't think that they're going to then throw fields in for week two. But uh, look, I, I agree with much of what's been said here. I long said I thought Justin Fields was the best quarterback coming into this draft class. I love Justin Fields. So do you think he's better than I, Zach Wilson? I think he has all the ability. Can you rank the five first-round picks? for Like, maybe we could do a running ranking of how you rank them through the right season. 
now, I would rank them Zach, Justin, uh, Jones. Uh, hmm. I'm missing somebody here. Lance and, and Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah, so Lance. Well, yeah, no, Lance is what I was forgetting. Lance and, and Lawrence, who <laughs> I watched on Monday Night Football. And, uh, oh, boy, <laughs> talk about Ryan Leaf syndrome. <laughs> Oh, greatest thing that ever happened to us is winning those two games. I'm sure we did have to take him. (laughs) But we did pass on Justin Fields, and that was dumb because I think Justin Fields is going to be an all-time great. But maybe sort of like the way that, yes, the Bulls or the, the Rockets passed on Michael Jordan, but they took Kareem Elijah and like, do they really regret taking Kareem Elijah on? That, like, that, that's that, they... that's almost an actual NBA player, Tim. Congratulations, Kareem Elijah one. Sorry, will they really be upset that they took Hakeem Elijah one instead of Michael Jordan? Well, like, yes, but in the same sense, like Hakeem was one of the greatest players ever, too, and won championships. What so about what, what, tell me more about Kareem Elijah one? That's what I want to know. About. <laughs> yeah, I misspoke, but obviously, like, if Zach Wilson can be Hakeem. Then you know, then the Bears can have Michael Jordan. I know that's the analogies I'm sort of sort of working on here. I I I um I need to reiterate: the Bears made the playoffs last year. <laughs> they did. Matt Nagy does not see this situation like you, I, or many others, friends. He sees this like hit the team he was the coordinator for in Kansas City that made the playoffs, went and drafted a quarterback, let him watch the entire year behind a veteran with a. Um, I think we think, I mean, Dalton Smith, Smith's probably higher, but like they're probably close enough in, in maybe, I don't, I don't even want to debate that, but I think Nagy sees full similarities where we're here saying you ain't that man, you ain't that. The other thing that's also totally different about the scenarios, which is costing going to cost Matt Nagy bigly is the public sentiment around the team and the situation and the coach. Like that Chiefs team had this read and that team had the support of the fan base that Nagy doesn't have to do this. Um, so while I think he sees these as, as incredibly similar situations, I see very little outside the fact that, you know, they technically did for what, how some way make the playoffs last year. I'm going to go over and just hope to get lucky on this. I mean, the loss of Fuller on the in the secondary might make their secondary really bad, and that would be hugely problematic for me. I'm going to bank on Fields coming in. And actually, I think Week 2 against Cleveland's a nice spot to put him in because he's just going to be a massive underdog in that game that there's no expectation for him to be good. They can get beat in that game, and no one's going to be like, oh, sit Fields. They would be expected to lose it anyway. I think that's a good low-pressure situation to throw Wait him till in. Wait till Week 3 played Detroit. No, but then then there is expectation. Like, oh, well, now we're bringing in Fields. He better be good. And if he struggles against Detroit, like, yeah, it's, it's like, still... Oh, it, now we're bringing him in as a road favorite or something? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I, know, I see what Pat is saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's what I think is going to happen. I could be way off on this. I'm not betting the over seven and a half. My pick is going to be over seven and a half. Because there's always just, just weird magic with this defense where good turnover rates and... 
they'll just play these scummy like 17 to 13 games that are borderline unwatchable, but it just tends to work for them uh, in either way. And if Fields comes in, he can actually give them a jolt on offense. I think that they can get there. So seven and a half, I'm going over. Last team in the NSC, who is probably projected to be the worst team in the NFC. Under for the coin, by the way. That's three unders in this division after four unders in the last division for the coin. The Lions over under is four and a half. The over has been juiced to minus 150. That's the same as the Packers as the most bet on side of any win total in the NFC. Plus 750. So seven and a half to one to make the playoffs, 28 to one to win the division, 100 to one to win the conference, 200 to one to win the Super Bowl. They are expected to be bad. They had the worst defense in the league last season. If you add up everyone's win totals from their schedule, they have the fourth hardest schedule in football somehow. And they have Jared Goff as their quarterback now and not Matt Stafford. That is significant downgrade and they have uh your pal jeff um the hell's the guy's name pc pc principal as head coach and your other favorite guy anthony lynn as a coordinator how is this gonna how is this gonna turn out well i don't i don't see it i i would say the only positive i can put on the situation in detroit at this moment good o-line is that i don't i mean Goff's not Goff's underachieved and he's not great and the long-term ceiling isn't isn't what you would want. But I don't think he's like the nut low quarterback he's being talked about as. What what does he that look what sense. does he look like without McVay? <laughs> Nobody's got Anthony Lynn now. So. Well, I guess that's the big concern. It's like you didn't like Goff before and it's fair to assume with both of those quarterbacks that Goff, that, that McVay was bringing out the absolute ceiling in Goff even when he was bad, and Detroit was bringing out keeping Stafford from achieving that ceiling. I, I, I do respect that. It's totally fair. I just don't think they acquired like Brock Osweiler or something, even though they had to trade draft picks to get rid of him. And I think there's a public perception that that's the quarterback that Detroit has acquired. That's really the only positive I can say. Um, many people assume it's them versus the Titans for first overall pick. Texas. It doesn't I, normally I work out with how we expect it to it, be. In your I, version I of the Titans for the first overall pick, is Kareem Elijah on their quarterback? Is it the Titans as in like the New York Jets old name back in the 1960s? Hey, sorry, because... I, I made fun of Tim for a, for a misspeak. I obviously mean Texans. I apologize. Oh, I think the Jets are right in the mix for a first overall pick, according to a lot of people, too. According to our text thread, you said, uh, I mean, according to this show, you had them at 11 wins two months ago. So yeah, well, I backed off that, as everybody knows. But look, you know, Anthony Lynn took uh, QB last year and made him rookie of the year. So now you uh, have an opportunity to take that. No, I'm just Okay, but Anthony Lynn. I, I, I mean, don't. Okay, we all like, there's a lot of jokes. It's easy, yada, yada, yada. It's amazing how, it, how pathetic the Chargers were on first and second down last year. And they had Justin Herbert, who constantly had to do these amazing things on third down, and he was really good at it. And it's like if you put Goff in those horrible third down positions, they're 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 they're, they're screwed. They're dead. Um, I don't know. I, I do have a bet, like a lot of people. I I have the five and a half on a really big bet. Um, on the most under? people do. It's continued to get lower. I'll still play the under at the four. 
Yeah, it's four and a half uh, on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. I am also going to go with the under. So here's the case that I want to make for the over to you, Tim. The coin has already taken the over. Finally jump back on the over train here is that, one, the offensive line actually should be pretty good. So maybe they can effectively run the ball. They can protect Jared Goff. If If Jared Goff is in a pocket and he has time, at least with intermediate throws, it's pretty good. Not that they have a ton of talent around them, but in the backfield, I think that they could be okay. The defense was literally the worst, 32nd in football last year. They can't get worse than that, so maybe they can get better. Who knows? Uh, they did invest a top three pick in someone in their secondary two years ago, and uh, maybe he'll just end up getting better at this point, and maybe their secondary can improve a little bit. But just with the way that this team is going, and I, the last point is four and a half in a 17-game season is just a super low over under win total that just you know you can back to it's the nfl we're wrong about everything to win five games to go five and 12 i mean is that that hard i think that they're gonna go under but i can see why people want to take the over here i think you've done the best job you can making the over case as the devil's advocate but i'm i'm an under person as well they're the worst team in the nfc i'm also terrified of them in week one they play the niners will be the everyone's pick in, in Survivor, and the Lions will end up beating them or something. But they'll still go one at two and 14. Well, this is it. Like the way the Jags won week one last yeah. year and they didn't win another game. That that happens. I wouldn't like, yeah, sure. They can roar, roar in an early season game. That doesn't mean much. Exactly. The, the, the Matt Campbell speech will work in week one and two. It won't D- work. Dan Campbell, Tarzan Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Oh, Matt, I like Matt. He's Iowa, Iowa State. Um, Jeff and I are getting old. We don't know people's names anymore. Yeah, I've had a few mis- misspeaks in the last. Uh, are, 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 are we are we evolving into that show? We're just getting so old we forget everyone's names now. That's not that's not good news for us. I started bad because the first team we did was Dallas, and I mistook uh, Dan Qu- uh, Mike Nolan for Dan Quinn too. So maybe, oh God, yeah, maybe I got dad brain. Um, it's, late, it's late in the year. E- either either way. Yeah, we've seen it before. Like, everyone thought the Dolphins were going to be absolute nut low and and they were better and they cleared the number and they won some surprise games. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something fun early and, like, Dan Campbell acts like they just... If they beat the Niners week one, I feel like they're going to act like they just won a Super Bowl in that locker room based on how they acted when they drafted a player seventh overall. Yeah, you're not going to, this team is going to have a lot of enthusiasm around good things that happen to them. So at least I think they're going to be like entertaining to watch from like the really outside looking in. Maybe we're dead wrong. Maybe the Lions are going to be fucking awesome. I just don't see it. So let's pick a division winner. I'm picking Green Bay. Minnesota. Green Bay. It's almost by default. I don't like anyone enough, even if I'm over on the Vikings. Right. That leaves us with our picks in the nfc so who beats who in the nfc championship game tim the la rams defeat the minnesota vikings in the nfc championship game so the bucks are not getting back to the nfc title game no they're not they're losing the divisional round over minnesota jeff who you got the tampa bay buccaneers defeat the arizona cardinals Oh, Arizona has an outlier team here. I'm going to say, who do I want? I don't have anyone from the East. You, I, you guys thought about this beforehand. I, I wanted to talk. Yeah, I hated it. having to think about it. It was uh, hard to find a team. I like just didn't Tampa think about then... it. Yes, I mean, Tampa. I'm going to say, 
Do I want to pick Green Bay to go to the Super Bowl? That'd be a nice fuck you for Rodgers. Win a Super Bowl and leave. <laughs> oh, they probably you? wouldn't. Well, you probably wouldn't what? If they won the Super Bowl, they they probably would. Well, I don't. You're all about that. Seattle. Why don't you just pick Seattle to beat to lose to Green Bay? That that would be a you pick. Well, Green Bay Tampa would be a repeat. Yes, oh, yeah, it would. it would, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know what? I'll go. I don't know who I want as my champion. That's the thing. You're right. The NFC is really difficult to figure out. Like picking Tampa Bay is such a safe. Well, just, pick. There's no excitement. There's no excitement in the NFC. All the fun stuff is in the other side of the house. That's because the two teams that you root for play in the AFC. You realize that. And how good can Washington be if they make the playoffs, get a couple of home games? Washington and... was the team I was that was oh, I was also considering in the Minnesota slot because they're a great team for playoff football. They can grind you down and win games 13-10. But in the end, um, I think maybe that's a team that gets Tampa in the playoffs. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. You know what? I'll do it for you. I'll go Packers over the Seahawks in the NFC championship game. It's got, like my, it. got, got my faith in the Seahawks. My guy, Russell Wilson. I should even pick them to go to the Super Bowl, but I won't. I'll pick the Packers. They've been close enough the past few years. All right, two hours. We did it in half the time that I projected, so that's fun. I know. How long over under amount of time on the AFC win total show, Tim? Uh, settle in for probably a three-hour show, folks. We can't help ourselves. Teams we love and teams we hate are all in the <laughs> AFC. So <laughs> we won't be able to contain our, our, our emotions. So remember, too, if you want to get in the draw for Jeff's Herbert rookie card, that subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, Twitter handle, email address, plus something nice with the show, and that way we can identify you. If you are drawn out of that, that gets you a ballot. Subscribe to the newsletter. That's in the description as well, completely free. That gets you a ballot in the giveaway. And subscribe to Mayo Media Network on YouTube. Tell some friends, too. If you tell some friends and you tell me you told some friends and then they sign up for all this stuff, it's going to get you all the ballots. But, Jeff, it's very generous of you to be doing this. I can't wait to pick a winner on the AFC show. Uh, No, listen, I'm happy I did it. Part of me feels like I've already... Oh, never. Like, I've already not living up to my word by just directly giving it away. But... um, Hey, this is this is how it should be done. I'm happy to do it. Are you worried? My wife asked me how many of these you're giving it away. How many of those do you have? Then I just made a face. (laughs) How worried are you that Tim is going to pick the Chargers to win the Super Bowl when we get to the AFC? I'm not going. Well, okay. Well, I'm not going. Well, don't spoil the show, Tim. I'm. I'm. I'm worried. I don't know. I'm excited. I don't, I'm not going to let Tim bog me down with that, with that stuff. I'm going to have to just stay positive through it. All right. So that's coming later on in the week. The AFC win total show, probably the best show of the year. Many people say a very good show. They enjoy it bigly. So you probably want to tune into that. Uh, There's a DraftKings strategy show I have up with Joe Holka right now and all of the fresh content, including the rankings. If you still haven't done your season long fantasy drafts yet are available down in that. Check that description. There's stuff down there. Smash the like on the way out. Give me your NFC championship game who plays who in that sub to the channel. What else do I got to go here? Oh yeah. I want to thank Jeff Feinberg and Tim Andergust. Tim Andergust. That's not my name. Happy to be back in the battle. Yeah, strap yourself in. Like Max Power, you strap yourself in and feel the G's for 25 straight weeks, Tim. I'm very, very excited. And I'm in a very good mood. So, like, things are going well right now.
All right, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Thank you all for watching. There's a Cuss Corner coming out soon, too. And if you subscribe to the newsletter, you can get the exclusive link to that right now, okay? Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.